Yes, welcome everybody to G.I. Joeberg episode 296, The Enemy of My Funhouse. Important announcement time. This episode of G.I. Joeberg is going live to YouTube and Facebook for everybody. Yes, we are a little bit late to the streaming game, but from now on, every single G.I. Joeberg podcast will be live for you, the public. And of course, we'll also be pre-recording for the podcast streams and for later viewing on YouTube. But uh, we love to hang out with you guys. I think it's time G.I. Joeberg started doing more live streaming. And this marks our first episode of this new wave. So every second week, fortnightly or bi-weekly, if that's how you prefer to say it, we will be coming to you live on the streams. My name is Steve. I'm joined by two other South African G.I. Joe fans. Introduce yourselves, boys. It's Paul. Hey, everybody. <laughs> and who else is with us? I'm Rob. I've joined you from South Africa, the bottom of the continent. Yes, very good. <laughs> very, good. very, very bottomist. It's not much further. There's two oceans. I have an Indian, I have an Atlantic. They meet. And that's where I stay in Africa. Mm-hmm. Welcome. We have internet, we have no powers, but we have. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Can't uh, cook your food, but you can uh, stream live to the world. Isn't that a wonderful and terrible time to live in? Rob, what are we doing in this episode, buddy? We are discussing two cartoon episodes. One from the classic run in the 1980s from Dirk, and a more recent one from the well, from the last cartoon that came out, the Renegades. <laughs> we're talking about that, and we're, we're just hanging out and having a good time. Like, 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 not, like we always do. Dirk, it's Sunbow. <laughs> oh, it's, okay, it's Sunbow. I thought yeah, Sunbow, yeah. you know, was like part of Dick. Okay. No. <laughs> That's before my we talk bad. About cartoons, <laughs> gentlemen, this uh, episode of the podcast comes at the end of July, by my reckoning. Whoa. And that means we're at the end of Cobra Convergence 7. 7. The month-long celebration of G.I. Joe's immortal enemy, Cobra, and all its Cobra-adjacent media. Spearheaded by HCC788.com, it has been a month of content creators, both podcasts, YouTube channels, hell, even blogs, getting in on the action. And uh, I want to know from you guys if there are any personal highlights that you had from this month of content goodness. Or bad. Oh my goodness! How how could Cobra you? Badness. There was, well, Cobra of Cobra goodness. I mean, uh, good content about Cobra badness. Um, absolutely tons of reviews, like so many reviews. Like I, I think if if there is a character from Cobra that was not reviewed this month, I'd be very surprised. I think uh, between all of the content creators, we've, we've I think we've basically managed to cover everyone. Um, there's also been a lot of like really informative uh, like like videos that I saw where, where I kind of like learned a lot more about GI Joe than I kind of knew before. Um, kind of like well, well well one really good one came from Triggers, well Treasures for Treasures for Trigger, um, where he discussed GI Joe Takara um, and Japan's Cobra Eleven, which is the, the the first eleven, well the only eleven Cobra figures that they released in Japan, made by Takara, or at least, you know, kind of like sub-licensed. Um, so that was actually interesting. I never knew um, the Japan really liked the Dreadnoughts, weirdly enough. I mean, hard, they basically made 
Zartan and they made like three dreadnoughts. That was like the major part of the Cobra run in Japan. Did Japan really like G.I. Joe uh, or the Dreadnoughts? I'm not entirely convinced. I think um, the sales didn't really support the line. But, you know, I suppose G.I. Well, Joe was a, you know, if, a if they chosen better, order. If they'd chosen better <laughs> figures, they <laughs> it would have lasted a bit longer. So I they were... I quite like the Takara. The Takara list of figures is quite a nicely curated list. I find it's mm. some of like the best hits. It's um, you know not using all of the original thirteen green shirt team. Like it, it's cherry picking a handful here and there, and it makes up quite a fun grouping. Not to mention the fact that the promotional images and catalogs and stuff are just like GI Joe, but m- almost manga. Like yes, kind of I thought it was so much fun. Yeah, I love it. I love it, love it. And the fact that they number each of the, the figures and kind of marry it to that number, like E11. That'll always E11. be whoever was the uh, last It was a dreadnought. I think it was <laughs> the, yellow, the, the blonde dreadnought, if I remember correctly. Buzzer. That one, buzzer. Buzzer. So it, that was a really good video. I really enjoyed that one. Another really informative one, um, or at least kind of the way they go about it, was Agent... Actually, it came out, I think, today or yesterday. Um, Agent Chuckles and Steve, the writing dad's plastic profile of Storm Shadow, where they kind of do something like that. that we, we we did it what, where they kind of like go, what is the best version of this figure? Um, at, but kind of with a twist where they show which one best represents, best representation in figure form based on the original file card. So they, they read out the file card, they take a look at the figures, but they, it's also very informative. They kind of like like tell you all about like with Storm Shadow. They're like, "What is a ninja? What is the history of ninjas?" Um, and yeah, I actually learned quite a bit from that episode. Um, for example, um, Sean Connery was a black belt of some sort. He had a black belt in some sort of um, fighting style, which I, I never knew. Um, so I, I thought that was fascinating. <laughs> It's red mankini wearing fighting style. Probably or something like that. I've, I've, I've never watched that film. <laughs> I, I also haven't. I've got it to watch. I just have never gotten around to it. Guys, I Let's just say to hi throw... to the chats, guys. Yeah, was that what you? Oh my goodness! People? We've already Whoa. got some folks watching us live. That's awesome to see. What's up, Moonlight Forty Seven, Marvin Lewin? Hey, good to see you, my man. I hope you're feeling Mark. much, much, much better. Anything, Joe's? Uh, toy bounty hunter. Uh, I've got, uh, and then uh, the Alan Grant is here as well. Uh, also, a Facebook user. Sorry, I don't know who you are because for some reason Streamyard just doesn't want to reveal your identity. Facebook user, but hey, we'd love to have you here. And welcome, Facebook, Facebook user. Requires, Facebook requires uh, permission. Tara, welcome. Yes, the uh, blonde dreadnought. You, you, you know Dentara exactly who I'm talking about, Tara. You know exactly who I'm talking about. It's interesting and that there's Joe some... and Tim Wilde. Sorry, Rob. Fuck. And Heck Chief. Yeah. There we go. It's Chief. Hell yeah. <laughs> Chief. It's interesting <laughs> that we've been watched by a toy bounty hunter because one of the videos I watched um, for Cobra Conversion 7 was by our, well, uh, one of our favorite American friends, Cujo, um, who did a very interesting ep- uh, video called The Most Interesting Viper. And one of the figures that he featured, because of course, you know, he's a huge fan of um, Boba Fett, was the Mandalorian Bounty Viper. Um, very cool figure. Actually. What is that? 
it's basically somehow I, I believe the story behind it is that somehow Cobra um, got DNA from a galaxy far, far away, and they created the this version of the Viper, which is basically it looks like Boba Fett, and his whole thing is that now he's 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 out there bounty hunting GI Joe. Um, it's a very cool video. I actually really quite enjoy. It. Oh, you have it. Okay. I don't. I, no, I don't. Oh, I don't you don't. It, okay, but yeah, you marry you those two together. A viper with yeah. the same colorway as classic yes. fit. So not Absolutely. movie accurate, but color accurate to the toy. It's a beautiful figure. Um, it's Black such Major. a cool, cool figure. Absolutely mm -hmm. fantastic. And one that uh, another favorite of mine. Okay, I'll go. There, there, there's two more favorites. So obviously we mentioned it. Uh, Quite a bit. Um, the, probably, well, it's the only play motion that I saw. So there was Action Rover Punch's uh, Convergence um, contribution. Absolutely so much, too much fun. I absolutely enjoyed that. And my probably one of my absolute favorites was from my side of the laundry room, where he discusses three crazy Cobra schemes in the cartoons. One of them being uh, Red Rocket's glare. Uh, and you'll have to watch his uh, video to find out what the other two are. Very, very cool. O overall, just tons of fun. Good month. Very cool, man. I want to jump oh, into yeah. a comment here that, that caught my attention oh. uh, as you guys are talking about Japanese G.I. Joes. Um, jump in. W.J. Uh, mentioned, uh, he said, I mean, uh, and it's Bozozoku uh, bike gangs were a big part of Japan's culture at the time. Um, so why okay, well, then that they... explains. So that's probably why uh, they felt dreadnoughts might be more appealing. Um, but guys, really just, um, a bit of insight, and, and I must say, this caught me by surprise. When I was at Comic-Con uh, earlier this year, uh, Comic-Con Cape Town, uh, I had the pleasure of meeting some Japanese gentlemen uh, who were uh, staying at the same hotel I was staying at, and we were talking about stuff. Um, it was mostly Gundam, to be fair. Um, and then, uh, cause you know, I always keep storm shadow with me. So I had storm, storm shadow with me and the, when, when the, one of the guys saw it, he recognized it as storm shadow from GI Joe. He was like, Oh, cool. GI Joe. You know? ah, and, and I was, yeah. And I asked him like, Oh, cool. How do you know? And he's like, no, he loved these kids when he was, he loved these toys when he was a kid. And that was interesting. Cause I didn't realize, um, you know, it was like that, you know, sort of well known in Japan, but I, I guess with Asia, uh, I guess with Asia, Japan was kind of uh, into Japan, uh, into GI Joe, but maybe not as obviously as the rest of Asia was. I don't know because I know a lot of Asian countries were into GI Joe, a lot of their fans and stuff. Anyway, um, and also a nice name drop on Bosuzoku there. Um, those are the bike gangs with the bikes, and they have the long seats and the flags and the horns and everything. And they do oh, like an Akira. Yeah, some of them had those yeah, bikes in there. Exactly, Akira is very inspired by the Bosuzoku gang. Bike gang culture. Anyway, huh. uh, anyway, talking yeah, uh, Joe, dropping the knowledge bombs that Storm Shadow mm -hmm. wasn't part of the Takara release. Yeah, isn't mm -hmm. that weird? I mean, they might have got to him eventually. I mean, the way I understand it, they basically took. I think the line came out, I believe, in 1986 or something. So they mm -hmm. cherry picked from the figures from 1983 to basically 1985. Storm Shadow had come out, so it's like. Maybe they thought he was just too on the nose. You know, it's like, ah, no one wants a ninja figure. You know, we're all ninjas here already. So let's, you know, let's not bother. Maybe, yeah, well, maybe they felt he couldn't compete with other ninjas, but uh, he definitely recognized uh, the My Storm Shadow, the V2 one. And so it, that made me feel like, okay, cool. That was something that was available there. You know, as like with most Asian GI Joes, just 
GI Joe mm. packaging just distributed in Asia, normal English packet. WJ says, my personal hypothesis why they held off on Storm Shadow, overexposure of ninjas and culture, uh, exposed to Wild West cowboy stuff as text native to the point I met about. Okay, so I think what I'm trying to feel it, uh, what I'm feeling from that comment is uh, the Japanese were more in favor of focusing on cultures that weren't their own for, for wildness and toy lines. Uh, because mm. that is something that is, if you watch uh, anime from the 80s and 90s, you'll see that uh, a lot of Western concepts are brought into those things um, and kind of merged from their point of view. Um, and like, you know, we have things like Cowboy Bebop, we have things like Trigun um, who, that have strong American kind of influences in their style. And, oh, yeah. and yeah, and now, you know, a lot of anime kind of, it's all over the place. But yeah, they, uh, Japan culturally, pop culturally had a huge fascination with the West. I mean, look at something like Silent Hill, which is in a lot of ways a love letter to Twin Peaks. So well, I I want to go west and ask. Oh, Stephen, you were about to say something. I was about to. I just want to add that my favorite little nuggets about the Takara release was that. Hey, Skeletron! <laughs> Skeletron joined us. Awesome, Yojo Berg. Uh, go yep. Skeletron. Go Robo Skull. Uh, what's your catchphrase? Come on. Um, I I love the fact that the uh, promotional material released with the Takara stuff. I think there was a there was a comic book at one stage, but um, my favorite little commercial was where they, they, they instruct um, buyers of the product to embellish the figures themselves, like add paint mm. details, add washes. And that is such a sort of a, a Gundam or model kit building view on, on toys that like the mm. factory can only take it so far the rest is for you to personalize these toys and make them cooler than they than they originally were. So, I mean, I, I'm currently in conversation with a, a G.I. Joe Berg friend in Japan who takes all his G.I. Joe vehicles and, and, and figures and, like, adds little chrome marker elements to them and does entire oh, different paint cool. jobs, that's washes, awesome. like, custom makes bits with like magnetic attachment points and that culture is just so fascinating to me because i'm like leave it all factory man don't customize but it, it really unless started it's a, a modern figure and then you know you'll let me you know wash the sci-fi until he looks cooler <laughs> <laughs> carve pieces off them yeah sure um all right guys um i mm. want to weigh in with in order to not really like make this a rundown of like everything that happened and try and I don't know, set up some unfortunate favoritism just by omission. Because, like, mm. you're always going to skip a couple of notable names. I'm just going to name my favorite contribution to Cobra Convergence 7. Wow. And it was a podcast, so it might have gone unnoticed by the sort of the YouTube crowd, but it was Joe on Joe podcast. Joe Slepsky, he is bringing back the radio drama. For three years running mm -hmm. now, he has scripted these amazing, amazing um, pieces of fiction uh, that sort of weave seamlessly into the G.I. Joe verse. And in the past, it's been these big, sprawling, like, multi-voice um, actor featuring tales. The one was on Cold Slither behind the music, and the other was a kind of a Columbo-esque well, it was Columbo. Columbo visits the pit and solves a mystery. So he had 
tons of people lending a voice. I got to lend a voice on those ones. And so I got nice. an advanced copy of the script in order to do my part. However, this year he didn't need me because it was basically just two people, him and another actor. And they performed Frost on Destro. So Frost, the famous, uh, is it, I think it's David Frost. I don't know. We didn't get him in South Africa, but he was an interviewer. And this is kind of in situ in like the, the mid 80s. Frost is interviewing renowned global terrorist and arms dealer, though he kind of denies being a terrorist, um, Destro. And it's so <laughs> amazingly in character. Like, I underestimated Joe's script writing ability and I'd already, you know, placed him on a pedestal. But, like, I am guilty of... of I mean, he's very good. The script is funny. It's clever. It is completely in character and you know doesn't drop the suspension of disbelief not once uh never pokes fun at itself but as is still entertaining and funny at the same time it's brilliant so if you've missed joe and joe podcasts um frost on destro it's brilliant like it's so good steve i mean you know how much i love a radio drama in terms of mm. like i mean i've been wanting to do something like that with us for a while now as well the know. drama is so good. The accent work by the fella playing Destro is top-notch. Goes for the Scottish, you know, all the tapped R's and all that stuff. But so it's, it's <laughs> I think he's a real Scot or he's really, really freaking good at pulling it off. But it's, you know, the back and forth between them is, is genuine. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's true radio drama stuff. That sounds awesome. I'll definitely check it out. Mm. I'm gonna do it. So that's Cobra Conversion Seven, dudes. Done. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wait till next year. It's finished already. I just really love the international backyard. I know. I know. <laughs> but I'm very, very chuffed. With you this made that cool. Um, Tell us a bit about it, man. A little bit of self-promotion never hurts anyone. I just, give it a plug. Oh, we just, you know, the international <laughs> backyard is this fun thing. And to those of you who don't already know, it's this fun thing we do where we link up everybody around the world who is a GI Joe fan, and uh, we you know we get we we get uh, well we what we all do is we all do like a little two minute video or something and we stitch it together in an overarching story story, and it's kind of the modern digital equivalent of going to the park with your toys and playing with them, and because you know that is something that's not necessarily financially feasible to do. For many of us, especially us here in South Africa, it is a way to keep us all connected as and keep the ch uh, children uh, the children in us alive. And, and yeah, and uh, guys really brought the A game. I mean, we had Lego happening in there. We had toy wars happening in there. We had all kinds of cool stuff. We even had some great like video game uh, style adaptations. It was awesome. Very very chuffed with how uh, Backyard Battle came out. So, oh, International Backyard Battle. International Backyard <laughs> came out. So, yeah. uh, that was great. So, thank it's you. Catchy uh, name. Shout out to Backyard Battles on Instagram. Battles, yeah, man. Your Insta is so great, dude. Uh, the, Blue Rebra, uh, the Blue Libra. I enjoyed Shattered Realms so much. I finally took the time to start fleshing out a story for a play motion. Fantastic. Oh, hell yeah. That's the point, right? It's meant to expire. I mean, expire. Meant to inspire, not expire. <laughs> You're meant to expire. 
<laughs> We're getting very uh, philosophical here tonight. We all meant to expire, revenge. Yo, life's a drag. Guys, I apologize. I've I've come off a uh, a wedding. Uh, a friend of mine had their wedding on Saturday. It was like which I find day. absolutely crazy because there was there was a rugby match last night. It was yeah. like Africa versus Argentina, and I'm like, how do you have a wedding on the same night? It's like a huge rugby match, which was happening in Joburg. Mm. So all of you just decided to like skip out on this this huge moment for our, our fantastic South Africa team. Well, one of the cool things about it was is that like uh, the the girl uh, I'm friends with the with the bride, and uh, she, you know she does kung fu with us and stuff. But she's also she's a bit geeky, so she's into like gaming and stuff like that. In fact, she streams and stuff online as well as a gamer, and so a lot of her friends are also you know in that vein. So. I don't think anybody knew rugby was on last uh, last night. Maybe. <laughs> like I, we I guess that that's a good excuse. It's so a it good excuse, but it was a fantastic game, by the way. Uh, I I believe so. Start out with injuries, like tons of injuries. Uh, like our, our guy went, one of our guys went like flat down. I like, was just out of it. Uh, one of the Argentinian dudes like got this huge scrape on his head. He was just bleeding the whole time, and he was like, oh, "I got to keep going." Um, very very tight game. Yeah, I could have done with a, a bit more than one point difference. <laughs> we were playing the Jaguares at home. Uh, I would have liked Jaguars. us to whomp them a little bit better. But hey, man, nail biting stuff. And I, I think uh, perhaps we need to rethink our World Cup uh, strategy after yeah. that. Yeah, That's yeah, for too sure. Close. The, too close. Mm-hmm. Now that we've lost half our audience talking about rugby. <laughs> Let's, come Let's back pull him back. Guys, SDCC 2023 just wrapped oh, up. Did, did you know? I mean, it was a week ago now, but we are, as I say, fortnightly or bi-weekly, whichever you That's prefer. so long so ago. We let Every the news weeks. accumulate and then we explode. Blush. Does anyone have anything they'd like to pull out and, and chat about? I do have some pictures on hot standby if you do. Chuckles. I'm so annoyed like, with myself because. Oh, sorry. Chuckles. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, you're annoyed that, that that you interrupted me. That's fine. Um, I chuckles. The classified chuckles just looked absolutely amazing. Like I I don't have many classified figures, and I don't intend on collecting all of them. But the chuckles look really really good. He he looks like a lot of fun, and I hope he kind of. I hope he's not just an exclusive to the SDCC, because um, he needs to go. Uh, he needs to go wide. And be available and not too expensive. Yeah, I, uh, I at the wow, I didn't want to grab a whole bunch of uh, classified images because I was worried we had turned this whole episode into talking about the classified Joes. So I kind of held back. I think I just mentioned a few things. Too late. Um, <laughs> but yeah, classified really blew up at Comic Con, and uh, yeah, you mentioned Chuckles. Chuckles is amazing. Uh, Steve's showing the vamp right now. That came mm. out of nowhere. Uh, I, I I kind of felt like we were gonna get it eventually, but yeah. damn, is it cool to see that it's actually happening? Uh, I don't know. And it's not Haslab, but it looks really great, and I love the little handholds and stuff. It's I mean, there's a lot that we can say about this, and I think I, I think it would be better uh, or more prudent for us to talk about this more when it's actually out, when one of us has got it. 
hopefully I'll be able to get my hands on it so we can talk about it here on the on the show sometime. But this was very exciting and very like surprising. Um, oh, good old, you know, guys. I don't know. I think I might have my classified collector's card revoked uh, because <laughs> when I saw classified, one of the things uh, when I saw chuckles, one of the things I mentioned to you guys was. Um, his neck, like it was bugging me, and I'm sorry if I, I, I don't mean to put a spotlight on it and make other fans um, like worry about this, but something about the neck kept bugging me, and I was like, well, you know, why did they do his neck like that? And then I looked, and I was looked at my other classifieds, and I was like, they kind of do that with all the necks, <laughs> you know. But about the articulation point, yeah. yeah. Okay, so you got like, chuckles because he's got a low um, buttoned-up shirt. You see the articulation line. I remember mm. when, when the first images of that Chuckles were released, um, obviously the Valiverse crowd put side-by-side -side comparisons with their undercover uh, Condor, and mm. the comparison wasn't favorable to the classified figure, I must say. Like, maybe it had to do with the fact that Condor was shot with some softer lighting, whereas the, the classified Chuckles was, like, totally stark. I mean, in fact, it was probably a, a render, in fact. Either that it was a well, very, like... Well, they're trying to make shot. their own toy look better. I mean, of course they're going to do that. Everyone's got an agenda, but it, that articulation point also jumped out to me. I was like, hmm, that's hmm. ugly. But articulation aside, what about his loadout and stuff? Do you, do you oh. regard this as a, as a, a deluxe figure? I, th I think it's appropriate. Well, maybe not just yeah. a deluxe figure. I mean, just kind of with two heads. I mean, that, that shouldn't necessarily make him deluxe. Well, um, that killed him to throw in a freaking stand. Just want to put that out there. Hashtag stand gate. Paul one stands with Guys, I have a question about the vamp before we move on. Um, mm. Is that the same Mardus as we get with Roadblock and with Serpentor's air chariot? I cannot confirm because I don't have that Roadblock or Serpentor. Why would I'm going to guess that it is. Yeah, so there's a spade grip on the back. I assume there are two of them to make up the classic vamp with two barrels and not just mm. a single gun mount so do you have two 50 cals with two <laughs> sets of <laughs> spade side by side like uh, they're repurposing uh, the i've got to choose yeah they're repurposing the part <laughs> to get mileage out of it but like people off the back of that spade grip presence have said like okay maybe you're meant to have a figure hanging off the back of the vamp which makes that I mean, beneath the um, the basket that holds the the fuel cans, there looks like a railing. You know, between between the basket and the tow hitch, it looks like there's mm. a railing for your classified figure's feet. But that it's looks hell of a awkward, <laughs> like to to wedge the foot between that basket and that that uh, bar. That's an interesting look, and yeah. I think the classic vamp is is best served as just a two seater with no one hanging off the back. It's nice to have the option, but it probably won't look mm. too good. And then you've got this weird like ambiguity about which spade grip do you have the figure gripping. I want to see more views of this thing, but at this stage, it is just a render. We have no physical products to inspect. And can we assume that's clutch that comes with it? Oh yeah, yeah no, it says it's, it's built. I think as they've said yeah. Vamp. Mm -hmm. And does he have a little remote control for the guns? <laughs> oh. But he does come yeah. with a mess of accessories. Like for a vehicle driver to have not only a pistol, a shotgun, a helmet, but also an alternate head. 
So you can make this guy a green shirt driver if you want. So when you want to army build your your BAMs. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. That's fun. And it's then uh, onto like the best thing that was announced by classified GI Joe. Agent Helix. Uh, yeah. No, definitely not Helix. Definitely not Helix. War. No, no shade to Helix or, or whatever. Just not my favorite G.I. Joe character, um, but an amazing looking figure. Uh, by all mm. means, those guns look like a lot of fun. I love those sort of mantis blades that she's got. I assume those connect to her hands or to her wrists. Um, other cyberpunk, uh, other, you know, and when I say cyberpunk, I mean the theme, not so much the game. But yes, in cyberpunk, mm. the game, you've got stuff like that. That's really cool. Um, that uh, towable missile launching system is great with the red Techno Viper. I'm pretty excited about that. I think that's looking very interesting and very fun to play with. Um, but I'm referring to, uh, with the, at least with the classified releases, I'm referring to something that is pure class and pure ecstasy for me as a toy fan is those two Dreadnoughts. <laughs> so Whoa. we've got Buzzer, which is very, very ah, the cool blonde thing. dreadnought, <laughs> the blonde dreadnought, uh, Robbie, the blonde dreadnought, and I like that he's got some, uh, well, he's got some classic accessories there. He's got a great chainsaw. Um, I, when I say classic accessories, that hook thing on a chain, I remember that more as a modern era accessories for the dreadnoughts, at least for my Serena. I don't know why I keep thinking it's a Serena accessory, but anyway, it's there. I think it's great that he's got it, and of course we got Ripper. So, and he looks fantastic look at that dude uh i would have liked him to be maybe a little bulkier but hey i'm not complaining i think what we got here is great um i wish they all came with that machine gun with the hook uh but look at that cool pistol with the knife on it oh he's he's great and he's crazy as jaws of life uh, you know ripper's looking fantastic now all we need is um torch and then we can he's have... been yeah he's been name only revealed mm. so he's bringing up the rear but no render as of yet guys why does shockwaves riot shield have kill marks on it can someone explain the logic <laughs> of that are those cobras he's, 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 he's killed <coughs> maybe that's so... how many like cobra doors he's knocked down <laughs> <laughs> okay. oh, oh thank you Zantara uh zontara says no one of those chain things came with buzzer it was a hard accessory to find excellent thing oh, interesting you have one in my accessory box but i often give it to serena so i often feel like it so i feel like it's serena's weapon <laughs> so thank you for that it's so this be is going to be rubbery Steve's first if all it's right a classic the... 1985 accessory it should be rubbery and it's cast in silver if it's yeah. not rubbery and it's not cast in silver chances are you've got an accessory pack version Whoa. So that's going to be your first uh, classified figure, Steve, Shockwave? I'd like to take this opportunity to, to dispel perhaps a, a myth that I've had lingering for a long time. I am not a Shockwave fan. <laughs> in that I'm not a fan of the character or later iterations of the figure. I am purely a fan of... Oh no, he's reaching. I'll beat him good. I'll beat him good. This one. This one. <laughs> this is the only shockwave figure I will ever need. This is my childhood shockwave figure. It is currently with me in the land down under. It's yellow. Hey. It's loose, but it's mine. This is why my avatar is shockwave. 
because this is my guy. This is who I played as as a child. This is the guy who comes with me uh, as I gallivant around the world. Like, I don't need any other shockwave. I don't. I don't want to army build him. I don't want to buy the latest version of him. This is it. This is it for me. So yeah, that's why I'm a shockwave fan, not because. I'm a fan of Shockwave, per se. Oh, just because not because you're I... also a choir boy. Okay. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> so, no, I, I'm not about to dip my toes into Classified um, simply to buy a inferior version of, of my ultimate figure. Whoa. Shots, Shots fired. fired. Shots fired. <laughs> Jinx. It's, it might be superior in every respect, except it's just not my childhood shockwave. And that's an unreachable plateau for any any modern toy. Uh, you can never forget your first true love, boys. But I will say this. It's um, strange to me that he comes with two submachine guns because mm. that feels... I mean, I suppose it's in Classified's nature to go a little bit overkill, but I think it would have been far more tasteful to have him with two pistols as the classif- uh, the classic sculpt suggests, to have two submachine guns poking out of those holsters will look pretty ungainly um, anywhere you carve it because they'll be thicker and those magazines are going to extend away from his thigh. Um, so what's, what's the good of a classified vamp if you have to disarm your figure in order to seat him? Yeah, I suppose. You know? Um, I'm overthinking that's a it. weird cheese knife. Is something sure. that kind of grabbed my attention as well. Uh, uh, when we it's were opening like doors. Yeah, I know that that kind of <laughs> knife exists. Um, I just don't know its full functionality. Uh, so I don't know if it suits a SWAT team member or not. Um, I like that it's unique and that it's interesting. It's just that got, kind of caught my eye a little. And I also really don't love the kill stamps on his shield. I think that's kind of dumb. Um, it's confusing to me. I'm like, that's the kind of thing an ace would put on his jet because yeah. it's his jet. But is this like yeah. his riot shield? He always goes for that one. Yeah, I got my four kills on there. Take my special. Take it's Betsy. Also very, it's also not a very classy thing to do, to be fair. Um, it was a fun and surely, like for the for the um, uh, the the the, the uh, morale factor. You'd want to put more than four kills. You want to have like a, a row of about <laughs> twenty. Give the whole thing is just covered. <laughs> but that—that's the whole thing that, about it that I find uh, troubling because that's like bragging about killing, and mm. you know, like in the case of like flying airplanes and you're taking out an enemy plane, that is kind of an accreditation because it's not an easy thing to do. I'm not saying killing people is easy to do, but that was the whole thing. It was like. I've taken, there's one less plane in the sky we have to worry about um, mm. that makes the skies, you know, somewhat more friendly. But on a ride shield, it just seems like this guy's posing. He's like, I've killed four guys. I'm so hardcore. Like, I hate that it, shit. <laughs> but, I've uh, got a question about the vamp. Do you think because of the terrible Cobra weapon, we're going to be seeing a Cobra vamp? Of course, dude. Because, I mean, yes, it can be, yeah, it can be towed by the Hiss, but the thing is, the yeah. Hiss is a HasLab exclusive. Like, that's not, it'll be widely, you know, owned, but not as widely owned as, as I mean, it produced to say this thing will be. You can bet your ass we're getting a stinger. That's Actually, just around Steve, the corner. Steve, you said it best on, on a Facebook post recently. Uh, where you were like, we're going to get like 
thousands of colors or whatever it is. Like it was. Whoa. Okay. They've got the mold. You know, what's the space? We're gonna see tons of the Python Patrol stinger. We're gonna get a knife attack stinger. Tiger tiger sting. I think tiger sting will be where I sort of buy into this. Um, I would love to have a vamp. This is the problem I have with classified for me personally. I don't know. uh, I'm I'm sure like many guys are challenged by this as well, but space man um i can't like have like five vamps just because i want five cool vamp variations you know like once I have the to two has labs are in people's collections uh, i think you're gonna see posts uh, on the rise about how the hell am i finding space for this stuff because yeah the figures are one thing they stand up vertically and you can stack them very closely together but mm-hmm. those has labs have big footprints the standard shelf will not accommodate them and look at this bad boy, hey? They got Dan Larson of Toy Galaxy. about Hawk? Yep. Hawk has had his render revealed. He's I can't be the only one who ending. thinks that, by the way. <laughs> so, uh, sorry, Steve. No, that's that's all good, my brother. Uh, I think it has been bandied about online that that does bear a slight resemblance to Toy Galaxy's Dan Lawson. I'm not sure I see it, but then again, when you zoom in this close on the image, it becomes potato anyways. So we will see. But it wouldn't be the well, first time the they've done a Dan nod. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it comes on the back of a, a nod going very squarely to uh, Diagnostic 80. Tripwire's bomb-diffusing robot is called mcleod yeah mm. that tripwire so looks really good mm. good figure yeah. oh yes tons i mean it's a yeah. i mean that i think is definitely a deluxe classified figure i mean the the, mm. the amount of stuff that he comes with that that's for sure for for sure deluxe like compared to chuckles i think well, so, yeah uh, because of the accessory the two different kind of uh eod armor suits um, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, like definitely. Um, I I personally hope we see Lightfoot now as well um, because of that. <laughs> I'm sure they'll get around. They're, they'll get around to it. It's a nice, um, like, modern interpretation, um, which, which which I quite like. Yeah, it's, it's very uh, for those yeah. of you guys that have seen it. Also, Super 7 released a whole bunch of yeah, stuff. Yeah, it is a Hurt Locker, yeah, with the Jeremy Renner, Hawkeye, or the the Bond legacy guy. Let's talk a little bit about Super 7. Um, Most specifically, uh, their... The Cobra Jet. (laughs) Yeah. I I was kidding. These these images come courtesy of uh, HisTank.com. Thank you very much for keeping us in the loop with uh, all Mm. the news information. But yeah, no, we've we've got some notable... Um, news outlets all over the show. Uh, first, s- certainly Chris McLeod of uh, the Full Force podcast was, was keeping us in the loop with his his uh, frequent bursts, <laughs> and then we- <laughs> weeklies and monthlies. But uh, and then on Instagram, surveil- surveillance port, I think it is. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, they're absolutely yeah, fantastic at compiling images from the community. They they're a good source for like images. I really didn't think they would make this. Like it, I felt. I think we we did talk about. It. We were like, oh, do maybe they'll make that. Um, but it's crazy to me that they actually made it. Obviously, it's smaller than it should be, but still. You're referring to the Cobra airship. To the um, Cobra airship, yeah. yeah. 
Guys, I mean, it I'll should be get... like the surface of the Death Star. However, hey, how's it, Toby? They have um, made it um, this kind of bite-sized version, which looks tall enough to to hold a figure at its tallest point. I'm gonna say, so you yeah. can enclose a figure inside it. We don't know if it opens. We don't know if this is a retail item, a crowdfund item. The details the are item. very thin on the ground. Yeah, it could just be for the pop-up store that um, Super Seven had close to the convention. Mm, I have a showing off stuff. I have a theory. Um, mm, oh, it, so theory. I feel like this is something they want to make. I feel like this is something they've spec'd out, like an actual um, play set. Uh, that this is the play set that we're seeing, um, mm. and they wanted to get uh, gauge interest. They wanted to see how visibly people get excited about this at the show, uh, because I, I really think we're going to get this as a as a figure. I do think we're going to get it as a play set or something. Because Super Seven is kind of hot on their uh, on their play sets right now, I just think they wanted to see how excited people would be for this in particular. Mm. Like, would people be doing backflips for it? I know it, when it I really first saw is. This image, I kind of did. Mm. So yeah, yeah, it, it's the most appropriate thing you can do that's recognizable from the cartoons. Is is this you know this cruising flagship thing of Cobra? I mean, I really don't think they would actually make it because of the scaling of it. But I mean. They have kind of scaled it down to make it slightly more manageable, um, but it will be interesting to see more details, you know, about it as, as they go forward. Do you think? I, I wonder if it's going to open up like a like a Mighty Max, you know, like so it's going to open up like like this, or maybe the whole way, and then you have like a whole cool playset kind of vibe happening inside. I'll be that'd be over wild the for that. If they, I don't I, see any hinges visibly on the outside. That's However, why I there think is a bit is, of sculpting yeah. that looks like a latch. Um, it could be yeah, like a clamshell where the entire thing just opens up. Like, and is that a latch? Although we can't, yeah. That could be a latch. It could I open feel like up, it is. It, I kind of feel like it could also, as opposed to opening just like a clam, it could kind of open um, sideways as well. Like uh, outwards, two, yeah. I think Super 7 is very clever with this because, uh, you know, podcasts like us are going to speculate on this. Um, that feedback and they are listening organically, and they mm. probably hopefully they are listening and it's feeding them ideas. Maybe, maybe they've already got ideas, but they want to see how what we say, and maybe they're going to get a few cool ideas from it. Um, uh, you know, and go, okay, well, the fans kind of want this kind of thing, so maybe we should try and, and implement that. Either way, when this comes out, all I hope for is a good retail price because I definitely want one. We have at least one fan weighing in, Mark van Leeuwen in the chats. I want a <laughs> backflip. I need that airship. And I'm getting that sentiment from a few folks. I, I don't know what I'd do with something that challenges my scaling perspective as much as this. I kind mm. of almost wish it was in a micro scale. Like it came with mini rattlers and mini sky strikers to kind of have you battle, you know, have this as the centerpiece and you flying your 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 mini air force around it because as it stands it is just too massive to conceivably play with in the same space as the figures you're always going to have to do some kind of cheated perspective shot uh, which is I'm fine okay for photography but for play yes. i'm i'm it's it's not ringing my bell specifically i think this would have been this tooling would have been better spent on the cobra airship if you built it with the same amount of plastic, sure, it wouldn't be true to scale either, but it would be a lot closer than this. You'd probably be able to get two figures in the cockpit, 
maybe a vehicle in the, the body of it. Certain trouble bubbles would be able to go into the, the body. You might not be able to fit his tank, but at least it'll pair better with a fleet of Rattlers or Night Ravens than this, which aerodynamically doesn't work either. It has to be the super massive floating base. It can't be an airship flying in formation. I don't know. I'm overthinking it, but that's what we do on G.I. Joburg. As I say, I... I I wish the snakehead plane was queued up a little bit ahead of this thing. But you I can't think, beat that that title sequence from the cartoon. I suppose that's that's what Super 7's ultimate deciding factor was. It's like series one, cartoon, what is the first big bad that you see looming over the horizon? Yeah. It's this thing. For me, uh, I'm, I'm on the other side of that. I feel like the Cobra Face plane... It's kind of an ugly thing. I know it's an iconic thing, but it's an ugly thing. And I and I think the guys in Super 7 are, you know, uh, like at least sensible enough to realize that it's not the prettiest vehicle in the world, even though it's got a lot of fan backing. So let's do do something that's got a lot more cool factor. Maybe pull a lot of fans in that are like sort of half-half half, half fans that would kind of go for this kind of thing. So I think they're going with the sexy first. And once they've delivered on the sexy, we will get the sort of more core vehicle, something that we're more familiar with. Me, personally, to speak to what Stephen was speaking about now in terms of scale, I'm very much somebody who can zoom in and focus and put my whole world into a small space like that. It's probably why I, I, I and I feel like you have to kind of do that if you've got something like a pterodrome, even though it's massive. But uh, Steve, you've got the rock, um, and the rock is also one of those vehicles where even though it's quite sizable, it's also quite small, and you have to really zoom in there mentally. So I don't know, this wins for me. Um, I don't want it to be bigger because it's going to be more expensive. <laughs> I'm going to ch challenge you on that. The Rock mm. is one-to-one. -one. Mm. The, the Sigma-6 cartoon sized it up, but the mm. toy makes sense. You know, it's a three-seater cab in the front. There's space in the back. It it houses a mini-jet completely. Like, it can close the thing in, inside. Like, The Rock, to me, is scaled exactly right. But it does also open up and it does force you to use your imagination as well for something. Mm. So, yeah, that's that's where I'm coming from. That's the angle. Either way, uh, very excited about this. And I feel like we haven't made it, uh, paid enough lip service to the trouble bubbles and the Cobra Android thing. I don't know how, how far you can zoom in there, but it's next to the Baron here, Steve. Um, oh, that was from last year's SDCC. From yeah, that thing is still cool, Columbus. man. I hope yeah. we get more of those, like they do that as a pack-in or something with these bigger vehicles. And these trouble bubbles, aka flight pods, also just look great. Uh, my favorite really flight neat. pod is still the vintage, or should I say the vintage uh, modern era version, because I feel like they improved it in a good way. But this just looks solid. looks fun. looks great. Uh, I don't need Solid is the word. The wall yeah. thickness looks very thick. It looks very chunky. It looks very durable as a result. And hopefully the Cobra symbol is a paint app and not a sticker. Because that was always awkward, trying to get the Cobra symbol to sit nicely on the <clears throat> bubble canopy. The curved surface, kind of, yeah. Yeah. Uh, better to print it on the plastic. Um, so, yeah, it looks like a, a hardy addition to your trouble bubbles. I have three trouble bubbles. I don't really need a, a fourth. Um, certainly not one that's probably going to cost like $80, <laughs> but, um, I'll well, keep it up in mind. Now, if, yeah, if I see them and I love them, 
yeah, no, we haven't. Look, don't take my word for it. That's not the pricing. It hasn't been announced. As you say, Paul, this is probably just a gauge interest. But yeah, I'm sure those trouble bubbles will very soon be a, a retail item. Unless they're yeah, included with this airship. Like it could house Maybe. both of them in the main body. That's I been think speculated. Seven would be smart to try and do a trouble bubble two pack as opposed to just doing one. So they can round off the retail price a bit better. But hey, listen, I don't work for Super 7 or part of their marketing or distribution or plotting or planning or any of that. So who am I? But I just, I think I'd much rather get two trouble bubbles in my package than one. <laughs> that's yeah, that's the kind of thing that you need to army build. And the fact that it accommodates a five POA figure means that this thing will be generously spaced enough to accommodate mm. vintage and modern figures comfortably. I think that's the... Mm. the the smart thing to having a five POA line, if you can call it that, is that everything has to be built to kind of accept a, a clunkier figure. <laughs> so your more nimble articulated figures will uh, fit no problem. Guys, is that all you want to chat about? I mean, I there's way too much to uh, accurately or adequately address in one podcast. But if there's anything this else that a... jumps out at you, now's your time. Or forever hold your peace. I've said I... what I need to say. That jet's cool. Uh, the Cobra Head jet uh, chuckles. Yeah. There's too much I cool swear... stuff, I think. Yeah, there's a lot of really great stuff. I think uh, just to sum it all up, I'm very happy to see a lot of G.I. Joe presence at this year's Comic-Con. Uh, that That is a very exciting thing for me as a Joe fan. There was so much... You know, I don't know what else happened at Comic-Con. I just know about all the cool G.I. Joe stuff that happened. And that was great because we've had a lot of Comic-Cons where it's been like, hmm, you know, no G.I. Joe stuff. So I'm just over the moon that there's so much G.I. Joe vibe going on there. Not only oh, that, but uh, a few folks have put it on record that the Hasbro brand team brought it better than anyone else, better than Star Wars, Marvel. You know, everyone's bringing their A game. It's Comic-Con. Than no celebrities to compete with. So Toys and mm. Comics whew, really had a, a big showing this year. And um, and G.I. Joe apparently was best represented of all. Thank so, goodness. Bravo. I just want to do a shout out to Fenrir Fire. What's up, Fenrir Fire? Um, and that again. looks like you're rocking a very cool uh, catch-on uh, avatar. So very nice. Hell yeah. Do you guys have anything to say? I mean, Dabua J in the chats wants uh, to, to get some views <laughs> on the Super Cyborg uh, snake armor. Now, I this think it's a painful toy. It's it looks really cool. And useless. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not designed to be a functional snake armor at all. It, it teases you by including like the torso of a blue shirt but he's got no legs he can't be removed he doesn't articulate and he doesn't scale also, with classified or even with the ultimates so well it's a know. functional snake armor i mean you know you close it up and it's, it's a snake armor it does what it needs to do i, I mean you just open it up legs. to kind of <laughs> but did the original legs really move that much anyway you just kind of like <laughs> kind of wiggle you're just wiggling them it, it does what it needs to do and you you can open it up to display it so you can actually see the figure in there or the you know i think i think it's quite fun i think it's a cool it's a cool thing to make why not it makes me um, question whether or not this guy is an amputee because 
surely you'd see his feet in the kind of the exposed section. No, it's not. Like you just gotta. Sorry. Come on, man. E equal opportunity uh, terrorist organization. Uh, no, I get take... that. And I that must have been like... a very interesting call out that week uh, <laughs> at Cobra recruiting. <laughs> no. How many of you? Oh my God! We have this whole group. <laughs> We've designed this armor, but the only way we could fit people in is if they have no legs. I mean, Rob, you you and I used to joke <laughs> about the armor tech guys that like the yeah. launching arm. Like, did they get like their where arms do their arms go? Yeah, like the arms are like inside the armor, like you know, like like this, and they're operating it like somewhere. I don't know. Um, There's a great um, Gundam series called yeah. Gundam Thunderbolt. And uh, amputees are quite a strong focus in that series, especially on the Xeon side of things, where they use, um, well, where, where guys have had like severe injuries from the war can still fight uh, because they've uh, engineered the cockpits of the mobile suits. In this case, most of the time it's uh, Zeke's, Zaku's, and all oh, Zaku's and Dom's. Um, Paul, and got, like, this man assistant. sees you. Anyway, Moonlight yeah, 47. Yeah. So, Moonlight, yeah, he knows. What Hell I'm yeah. About. Moonlight knows. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Also, I'm curious about uh, Moonlight Forty Seven. Please let me know in the in the chats in the comments. Um, is your name inspired by the fabled weapon from Armored Core or from Software's games like um, Dark Souls, etc.? I'd love. To, I'm curious. I mean, it's a cool handle. Just, uh, just thought I'd ask. Anyway, there was a great thing from Talking Joe. The snake seems uh, a bit like a missed opportunity if it was open and compatible with six inch then it would be a popular item rather than, the, than a curiosity. I agree with you there, Talking Joe. I think I think the whole thing with the snake armor is that it's meant to appeal to that um, the vinyl the vinyl collecting crowd, you know, the vinyl robot collecting. Yeah, the, the guys who just like the... Yeah. yeah. You know, they like the, something to put on their shelf or something. It's like it's recognizable as G.I. Joe, but it's not necessarily a toy. I think a lot of companies do do that, where they make things that are kind of like G.I. Joe themed or like, you know, a property themed, but it's not meant to be... Yeah, it's like, oh, it's like, hey, there's a cool little piece you can put on, you know, put on your desk or something. Someone goes, oh, you like G.I. Joe? Yeah, I love G.I. Joe. That's what I got this expensive final figure here. <laughs> well, I'm going to cover this idea from Diagnostic 80 and that there is a blink and you miss it moment in G.I. Joe the movie where Falcon is radioing G.I. Joe headquarters or Action Force headquarters, if you got that dub. Um, mm -hmm. And... The Cobras crash through the door and the, the, the thing that they use to knock the door down is a sort of plus size snake armor. Mm. It's got like a glass cavity in the chest. You can see the operator inside there, well, his silhouette at least. Um, oh, that's but it, cool. it scales a lot bigger than a snake armor. So mm. this might be uh, in that ballpark if you use it with your classifieds or with your O-rings or modern era figures, four inch figures. Um, to have, hmm. you know, with the armor closed up, it might look good uh, in that setting. But that's pretty much the only in-universe use you'd have for it. And this is one of these vinyl like, collectors. I see it as a great kind of like close-up if you're doing um, play motion. You've got this like close-up and you've got the... And then you kind it of make it... It is not 118, Dubuija. It is like... It's, it's, the figure inside, I think, is closer to like 12-inch, actually. If I'm not mistaken, so it's, it's yeah, it's kind of, it's well. well, like Talking Joe said, it has a very niche kind of like appeal. You know, it's like mm. you know, people who like it. I mean, will 
you'll just keep it closed forever. It's like you don't even need to know that there's a character in there. You just want to have the snake armor looking like snake armorish, you know. Mm. It's kind of difficult. I can't imagine the exact person who wants that. And well, I say the same thing about Funko Pops collectors all the time, but hey, what the hell? Here we are. Yeah, Steve, exactly. what, what's, what's happening, my man? What's let's up? Shift, let's shift the agenda, I think. Whoa. Um, thanks to all There's the There's more to talk about? We want to talk about some cartoons, classic GI yeah. cartoons. We are in the process of making our way through the Sunbow cartoon series. And GI Joe animation, and we're also talking about the most recent, albeit like twelve years ago now, um, GI Joe animation, GI Joe Renegades. Which Renegades. of these two properties would you like to uh, speak about first, gents? Cast your votes. Uh, dessert of veggies first. <laughs> oh dear! I, again. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to. Yeah, what are we getting for? Participation as well. Let's get the commenters, guys. What do you want to hear first? The Renegade episode or the Sunbow episode? Maybe you can help us swing the vote. Hell yeah! So Sunbow, it's the early vote for vintage already. Hell yeah! Thank you, Facebook user. Absolutely classic, bonkers, and then any more of my of 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 the enemy, uh, which features another enemy. Weird design choice on Destro's part with his robots, um, which uh, kind of links into the the weird design choice of this, the snake armor we were just talking about. Phone horse. Uh, I'm going to call it, boys. Let's do the vintage episode first. <laughs> okay, let's eat our dessert first then. Um, no, no, no. Um, no, 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 no. I mean the other way around. <laughs> oh, okay. People want the vintage, so we're going to give okay. them the modern. Hey, what's up, Cody? <laughs> okay, Dad. We'll, we'll uh, you guys decided hey, what we're enemy. not going to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get around to it eventually. All right. I think it's mainly because my, 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 my pictures are queued up the other way around. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. We should never have given anyone a choice. You should have just told us what order your pictures are in. <laughs> All right, fool. What happened in this episode, Rob? Funhouse, they playing Funhouse. Okay, so Man. Cobra. Enemy of my enemy. Oh, enemy of the enemy. Okay, so what ah. happens in this episode? So they're randomly trying to attack different Cobra facilities. Um, for some reason, they're getting information from a, a whistleblower inside Cobra. Uh, Scarlet does some weird shit where she just constantly wants to like attack things and like I'm gonna destroy this tower for no reason. Um, so and annoying. then they. They get information where they have to like go and in- investigate some sort of boat. Um, there's this kind of sort of intrigue between Dr. Mindbender and Destro and kind of like Cobra's like, hey, you know, Dr. Mind is doing a really good job with these, these awesome bio vipers. Well, your stupid armor is, is useless because you need crazy people to, to run them <laughs> or something. Uh, and then there's also, yeah, there's the whole backstory of the whistleblower as well. So G.I. Joe is kind of like being led by the nose to all these different places. Um, and by the end of the episode, it turns out um, it's Destro doing it. But also Cobra themselves know that it's Destro doing it um, to be able to like test out their, you know, their, their two competing um, weapons for Cobra. You know, the ar- Destro's armor and Dr. Mindbender's Biovipers. And there's lots of like different uh, things that happen in, in near the end of the episode. And 
yeah, by the end of the episode, we get the origin story of how Destro becomes Destro. Um, you know, where Cobra Commander kind of like slaps his hammer on him and he's like, I am Destro, I never wanted to be Destro because Destro means you have destroyed your lineage and I will not be the first Destro in my history of McCullens. Um, yeah, gripping stuff. Indeed. I feel like you're slightly underwhelmed by this episode, Rob. Something gives me the distinct impression. I don't know. It just feels like it feels so disconnected. Um, you know, like like Scarlet's just like she wants to attack everything, which I was just like oh, confused by. Like so she's like, I just want to destroy Cobra in whatever little ways I can. Um, she feels very impulsive the entire episode. Um, kind of just relying on this information that that. You know, a whistleblower that might not even be someone who's on your side is giving you this information. Is that um, out of character for Renegade Scarlet? I feel like that's on brand for her. Well, yeah, okay, now that you, you say that, it, it really is. I mean, she is very she's impulsive. Not, she's all into, like, them Joe Rogan podcasts, man. A lot of people with some very interesting ideas. From, from podcasts that they watch. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Scarlet seems to be very much like, she's just nuts and she's just irritating. Like, she shoots that thing down. She doesn't give a shit about any collateral damage. She's just like, nah, I don't like radio towers. One of them like, looked at me funny as a child. <laughs> Bombs. Gone. How are we going to get that off this, this building, the top of this building? In, because you, I've just placed us into this position where I don't know how we're going to get off the top of this building after I blow up that tower. Um, and then also there's the whole, like, there's still the problem with Destro's design where, you know, it requires, pers you know, the, the person who's using it to have this sort of fight or flight response um, while using it. And that's how the system um, is effective. If, if the person using it has that kind of um, mindset, it's like, mm -hmm. can you not redesign the system to not be like that? Why do you have Apparently an armor not. that has to run on that sort of uh, software or sort of like firmware system or like mindset for the people using it? It's well, very that's odd. That's a $14 billion question, isn't it? Because that's mm -hmm. exactly how much Cobra has sunk into Mars technologies. Apparently. Uh, to get this also, stuff working. Steve, you have a wonderful image here of uh, Roadblock and Tunnel Rats uh, with their little caps on and they're delivering that package um, as they sneak I into, do. as they infiltrate the It is base. such a good image. I think the asp, no, it's it's not the best image in the whole world, but I like the little asp on the caps. That's pretty cool. Like, you know, to go with the whole Cobra branding. I do not have a picture of it, but as they barge into this Cobra installation, they knock over a standee of like the mm. Cobra corporate face, this kind of yeah. soft spoken guy who turns out to be. Cobra Commander's uh, alter ego. Well, yeah, his, 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 his pu public face. Public face. Thanks to the miracle of holography. Anyways, I just think it's a cute touch that he's like the standee that's in all their things. Like, I don't know. Would that fly now to have like a white male as your standee? Mm. Probably, Probably not. not. But this no. was 2010. Yeah. Anything also, um, back then. I mean, I don't know how much of it they're carrying, but it's beef stroganoff, which I just thought was a very interesting meal choice. Um, <laughs> because I, I mean, I love beef stroganoff, the, at least the version my father makes, but 
just that I kind of keyed in on that. I was like, Beef Stroganoff, like, what a random food name to drop. But okay, rad. Maybe that's somebody in the production's favorite thing, or maybe that's something that they put in a rap pack or something. I don't know. That was fun little detail, either which way. And guys, can we focus on Destro before he gets masked? Hmm. Um, I think you got a great image of that as well somewhere. Uh, because, I mean, like, honestly, like, who cares about the dialogue between the Joes? You know, there we go. This is deadbeat dad Destro. Like, <laughs> I hate I hate that he looks like this. I hate that he what? looks like this. Yeah, I can't stand it. Like, I hate With that he looks 70s like some guy. mutton chops. Yeah, I, it drives me crazy. It's not how I want to see Destro without a mask on. It's just, um, it just bugs me, man. Like, well, good thing they like somebody... screwed that mask into his flesh. I expected him to scream at that point, but maybe they couldn't slip that past the senses. Um, because, yeah, they very visibly show his new mask, like the screws kind of descending. Yeah, like mm. into oh, his crazy. skull. Yeah. Mm. But, yeah, perhaps a no, scream, man. an anguished scream and a shake of the, the animation uh, wouldn't have flown for a kid's cartoon. It just bugs me, man. It's just, he just looks like this guy that's just like cheating on his wife. He's got a drinking <laughs> problem. You know, he's got screaming kids that, you know, he, he's got like little Timmy who's like developed some kind of weird like drug habit and is listening to really heavy metal music. And he's just keeps checking out the neighbor's fucking daughter. Like, I just, I hate this version you, of this. You infer, wow. You really oh, don't man. like this guy. But how many I times mean, have we so seen good. Destro without a mask on? It's it's this. Kujo. Whoop, 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 whoop. Uh, how many times have we seen it without a mask on? It's this. And then it's, uh, you know, the, the live action, really, isn't it? No. I mean. Uh, his and I think Christopher Nicholson was a better choice, personally. We have but, seen him oh. in in art before. I mean, he, he, he was unmasked for a fair bit of the cartoon. Uh, cartoon the comic book the AR comic book mm. yeah but not like just, in the initial issues i mean you know, i'd be up to quite a I don't, I don't know how far it is but i mean there's definitely a couple of issues there where they still keep the mystery of like what he actually looks like i think it's you know, there was that whole... issue 55 if i'm not mistaken i think well um, when they unmask him for for reals or is that the one well, where they kind of like go maskless for a while well, it's it's an it's an issue. I'm sure Stephen will correct me if I'm wrong here, uh, but we see a bit of Snake Eyes's face, a bit of Cobra Commander's face, and a bit of Destro's face in that issue. It was like a whole thing. Uh, the cover has them all pulling at their masks, but you don't see yeah. Snake Eyes's face. You oh, see, Snake Eyes we don't see. Yeah. You see Cobra Commander with the glasses um, mm -hmm. and, his, and the moustache, pencil moustache, and the ponytail. You see Destro mm -hmm. completely um, unmasked. I don't know if I'm getting yeah. the issue number wrong, but uh, yeah, it's definitely called Unmaskings. Anyway, I quite like What's this episode, actually, gents, because cool. wow. what Renegades does well enough is create the tension between Cobra as the principal investors to Mars. You know, they're, they're the big farmer that is keeping this weapons manufacturer afloat, basically, at least in this retelling and showing Destro trying to double-cross Cobra. Or double-cross... Destro's trying to sell out Dr. Mindbender because he does not like working with this punk kid. Why would mm. he? He's, 
I I, I, I can't stand him myself, <laughs> but that's by design, right? That's, that's I love to cartoon. hate him. Yeah, yeah. The cartoon has, has has succeeded in making me hate this sniveling shithead, right? Millennial. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm on Destro's side, and Destro's working deep throat style, collaborating with the Joes, trying to get them to capture Doctor Mindbender. The Joes are just kind of, as you said, Rob, being led by the nose by these forces. Mm that are playing several levels above them. But at the end of the day, Cobra gets the last laugh because Mindbender rats out or discovers this double cross, rats out Destro, and then Cobra Commander steps in unmasked and uh, has his giant pet snake um, subdue Destro, which I thought was interesting. Is this not a Mars factory that we're currently located at? How come... Mm -hmm. Cobra's kind of set up residence there. How come Cobra Commander is actually like sort of behind um, door number one? Um, I, I, was, I was slightly confused as to where we were. Are we at a Mars factory? In which case it should be Destro's haunt. He should be the one with all the secret doors or, or that Cobra facility. Anyway. I, th it, I think we're still at the Cobra facility. Oh. I mean, at at the at well at the start, it's the the building that they went to is is the building that apparently Doctor Mindbender was in, and I think mm -hmm. that is where this office is. And then you know, like Destro comes to visit him at that building, to kind of like you know discuss things, and then they go back to the factory, which is where they where you have all the scenes with the with the vipers. And, I mean, with the yeah, with the the bio vipers and stuff. Back to the factory, back to reality. That's a cool factory. Very Although young. there is obviously the establishing shots a lot of the time. When I think Dodge like, oh, this is guys. where we are. Nice little that Easter egg. The giant snake is called Serpentor. Yes, I heard, I, I heard that. <laughs> I think a lot of people, I think that annoyed a lot of people. But I do like <laughs> the, at the time. I like the idea that maybe Cobra Commander and Serpentor at some, at some stage fought for, or fought for control of Cobra Industries and Cobra oh. Commander 1. I like Here I was thinking of... this was um, forward-looking, that in a later season, this snake will be harvested to kind of create a snake man called Serpentor, and he would challenge yeah. Cobra Command. So this is actually, Serpentor has has been defeated and turned into a this... snake. Well, that's my, uh, like that's that. how I want to... Uh, that, that, yeah. that, that's Paul's headcanon. But I mean, I think it was yeah. a creation of, of Mindbenders. He says, like, this is the latest thing that Mindbender has made for me, is this giant snake, which kills the original whistleblower at the start of the episode. Or oh, the suspected will... whistleblower. Well, when... suspected, but it, but he was, because they confirmed later in the episode, um, you know, her contact, that, that what's oh, his name, Oh, that he Breaker? went quiet, yes. That he went quiet. I like the fact that this episode holds continuity with with everything, like with, um, mm. with Rage, which was the Destro-focused episode but also with Breaker's introduction. Like, they haven't just disregarded him, a la, mm. like, a, a supporting character on A-Team. Like, Des mm. Breaker is kind of part of this law now. He's an ongoing kind of inside man, as it were. He's got his blog. He's soliciting leads from, from, from Cobra insiders. I like yeah, when they need him, he's in the story. The infighting mm. also kind of becomes very real in that you have Destro's uh, Iron Grenadiers versus... This new like bio viper. Actually, they 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 name drop it. It's called a mecha viper. So when Mindbender's bio vipers envelop Destro's armor, 
then it becomes something else. It becomes this mecha viper hybrid. Yeah. They, they try pouring the vipers into the armor. That doesn't work. But if they pour it over the armor somehow, that works. I don't know. It's the much better idea. But um, <laughs> it's it very much lives up to the title "Enemy of My Enemy." It's full of action, guys. I'm gonna well, give I'll, this I'll, one three and a half. Yeah. Wow. Three and a half. Jojo Cola's out of five. Oh my goodness, Stephen R. D. I'll concede that the intrigue is very interesting. I mean, it, well, the intrigue is interesting, and the the continuity is good. I mean, you know, it, it kind of does track with what has been established before. Um, but I just felt like it, 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 didn't, it didn't hold together well enough, at least from the Joe's side. You know, there wasn't enough of like, why are they doing what they're doing? You know, they kind of, it wasn't set up enough. I mean, obviously overarching, it, it makes sense. You know, they're going after Cobra. But I mean, Duke himself points out, why are we doing this? Like, this isn't furthering our... Um, you know, us as clearing our names, like he pointed out himself, like we, we we're literally just trying to destroy little bits of Cobra and that that's pointless, you know, mm. and, and I, I have to agree with him. And I'm glad that someone in the story itself kind of goes, what are we doing here? You know, um, but I feel yeah. like the subordinates at that point kind of rushed to Scarlet's aid. By saying, "Oh yeah, they definitely need, very much on their side." We need to, we need to bag Mindbender. He's the key to this whole thing, this whole plot, mm. all of this freaky deaky science. He's the, the the top man of the totem pole that we know of. Like the Joes don't know about Cobra Command at this stage; they only know, no, yeah, Mindbender. So that I think the logic tracks for me. I'm gonna fight you on that one, Rob. I, I do feel like the, the the weakest part of this episode is the contrivance of Destro's name. I hate that. It's very mm. like pointing to the camera and saying, "I will not become a Destro." And, and like <laughs> my, Mindbender hits us with the Latin. Yes, comes from the word "destraho," which means to destroy, alienate, or estrange. I will not lose my family heritage. Like, and then at the end, he's like. I've lost my family heritage. I have become a destroyer. <laughs> like, that is the very definition of a contrivance. It's like, we need to make that revelation at the end, so let's place the steps in front of it to get us to that point. It's not, also, it's not organic. There's also that other piece of heavy foreshadowing with um, Destro wearing the balaclava when he oh, gives yes. the Joe's the information, which yeah, is to yeah, sort of yeah. get us used to him wearing a mask. Yeah. On yeah. my first viewing, I didn't catch on that that was Destro. The actor oh, okay. had to throw his voice enough to... to yeah, I didn't realize movie. either until they told... You know, until the episode itself told me later. I think, I I mean, think what my problem is... He's got blue eyes just... and he's got the red tie. Like, we should have picked it Yeah, it, it should have been much easier. Um, but I, I, do, I do often find myself only half listening to what's going on in Renegades. <laughs> Because I've been then, disappointed so often, you know, up to you this need point. You rate it, sir. Come on. Okay, I, I think overall, I, 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 it's not my favorite episode, but I think you have some compelling points that does make it more interesting than maybe I thought it was initially. I feel like if it was a longer episode or we got to see this building up a little bit over multiple episodes, it would have more impact. But it feels like it rushes through to the, you know, to the conclusion very, very quickly. Um, but that's maybe just the way they were telling stories back then. They had to tell it within each, you know, within a specific episode. They couldn't like spread it out because they couldn't be sure people would watch it. Um, I'd probably give it a three. Um, I think it's, mm. yeah, overall it's pretty decent. Um, you've definitely 
made me feel like the intrigue is more interesting than than I mean I say the intrigue is more interesting than the action. Like action is just like oh we're shooting at things and the stuff happens. But anyway, Paul, where me, do you fall? I come in with uh, three point five like Steve. I enjoyed War. the episode. I enjoyed the intrigue side of it. Uh, you know, it had a lot. Like I didn't hate it. I wasn't like when I watched it and when when it finished, I was like. Oh. That's finished. Not as not like the, with the one episode where I was just like, Ugh. yeah, I I agree. Like there have been episodes where like I I start and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna hate this. Um, <laughs> I did not feel that you know as I was watching this, I didn't hate it. I just wasn't. I've been Enjoy. I've been conditioned to not pay attention, um, and I think mm -hmm. that's probably why I didn't give this episode uh, the time it actually deserved. I promise to do better in the next one. I'll actually. Well, you're not making watch the show. Watch that one be bad. <laughs> um, For real. Can you zoom in on the mech vipers for me quickly? It's just the only little takeaway I want to put uh, as I walk away from this. Not that one. Give us another one with the people inside it. Sorry, man. Jeez, Paul. Oh, just, my there, goodness. There we go. So if we it's zoom a motion out, blur on this one. Uh, there we go. Don't uh, you zoom in just like a little bit. Look, don't you guys think like I feel like these look like the back end of a horse costume? Like you got this heavy, like one of the straps. <laughs> uh, I hate this uh, design. Actually, really shit. The legs are great though, and the arms are cool. But uh, I just wanted to throw that in there. It's an interesting so. break for me when you've got quite obviously CG animated elements now doing faces, because of course all of the characters are in two D traditional animation. Mm. Uh, a la that so very clean lines and whatnot but then you see the the mechanical designs are all kind of rendered in a, a 3d animation but with the iron grenadiers you're actually seeing fleshy faces mm. which is an interesting yeah Watch it's it. an yeah. interesting new addition and they kind of seem almost puppet-ish as a result they have less animated um stuff going on with the bits shoulders. of flesh yeah it, it it doesn't it doesn't mesh quite so well with the rest of the world that they've created like artistically like at one point you, hear, you do hear them go like oof and they fall down uh, and it's uh, like oh yeah there is a there is a human inside that thing but yeah i just find the the suit is very derivative the i mean the, this is nitpicking now but i just find the design of that suit to be very derivative and not however yeah, if they made a toy of it Paul, would you buy it no because no. it looks like Whoa. it looks like the ass end of a horse like i said <laughs> of a horse costume it uses space marine shoulders and unfortunately they're just too obvious for me to to look past um but and Paul, this I just, is very much like the design aesthetic of the day like remember data viper you love that figure. No, I love Data Viper. He's cool because mm. he's designed well. This is, I just feel this is clunky. It looks, it just looks like a guy in a dustbin. It just, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong there, pal. Um, I do want to call out one moment of supreme studliness. Uh, I think I've actually, I've, I've broken my, <laughs> <laughs> broken my, 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 my photo viewing system. Oh yes. Okay. So Duke, so he saves the day. He comes in late to this assault and says to Scarlet, I'll draw their fire. You disable them. Something to that effect. Mm. So what does he do to draw their fire? He runs straight at these mecha vipers. Like, okay. Okay. I thought draw your fire is meaning like 
move to a different position and start laying down shooting cover. at them. No, no, no. Yeah. He's he's gonna rugby tackle these guys, <laughs> 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 which is a, a pretty boss move. It's pretty studly stuff for Duke. Interesting in very, choice. Very somber 2010s era. However, it does not hold a candle to the studly shit that Flint pulls in the funhouse. <laughs> Holy hell. Oh, if you weren't a Flint fan going into this episode, boy, oh boy, this guy is incredible. Single-handedly bringing down Cobra and surviving atomic bombs <laughs> while carrying his fallen comrade on his shoulders. I mean, like, Flint is the man in this episode. Can we just... The, man. the episode, of course, is the classic Sunbow Animation Series episode number 12, according to uh, its listing on YouTube and elsewhere. It's called The Fun House. Um, Paul, do you want to tell us what happens in The Fun House, baby? Oh, yes. So, um, Cobra has a plot to kidnap a scientist again. And the Joes <laughs> several. are trying to... Several scientists, actually. <laughs> and the Joes are trying to thwart it, but alas, they have fallen for Cobra Commander's ruse because he has just used Zartan to impersonate the scientist to trick G.I. Joe into rescuing this dude. Although, actually, they do kidnap him, so it's kind of weird. I don't know. Like, it's a weird twofold kind of plan. Anyway, this is all an excuse because Cobra Commander is clearly bored and wants a whole bunch of people to come to his uh, cool little fun house that he's made up. Um, in South America. Just, like, in South America, no doubt. Very he's not just, like, up. Can't even, he can't just phone up these motherfuckers and just be like, hey, guys. Hey, like, don't you want to come, like, check out my fun house? It'll be fun. Like, he has to go I'm here. Dramatic. Come get me. He wants no, to be all he has to do the scientists. Yeah. Anyway, hilarity ensues because, you know, Destro, I mean, Zartan and the Baroness and Cobra Commander, they're all pointing fingers at each other. They're not being fun. G.I. Joe's like having none of this. They're like just going to blow up everything. This like screw finesse. We're done with this. Uh, they bring the whale along, which is really nice. Uh, Gung Ho left his cover at home. Uh, just want to just point that out. Um, mm, as they go. It makes anyway, an appearance they later. Yeah, they all they infiltrate. They infiltrate this uh, Cobra Fun House, and they infiltrate. Have to infiltrate. They have to, and now they have to survive a bunch of masterfully created traps, mm. and uh, hopefully save the day. Um, but how? How would they save the day? So let's uh, let's check out the let's, let's run through the episode and get, get people. Let's find out. Let's not spoil the thirty-year-old cartoon show. There's a very famous shot, by the way. All the bubbles, the pink bubbles. Uh, bubbles yeah uh, and also dusty dusty clearly just doesn't listen to people he's a complete uh defiant personality type a types like don't pop the bubble the dusty's like whatever dusty starts seeing weird stuff as the shrooms kick in hey snake guys there he is um he's in this episode oh and and gungo got his 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 hat back at some point you got his cover back, yeah, exactly. It was so conspicuously gone from his head when he when he arrived. It was just like, <laughs> okay, I know you're bald, but like I'm so used to you having your your hat on. Yeah, this exactly. is it's it's such a wild episode. I mean, like Cobra Commander's entire thing, he even says it like the whole reason for this is revenge. Like he yeah. just wants to get revenge on the Joes for like always thwarting his plans. You know, getting the scientists is basically like um you know, a, a dessert for him. It's just like he has to capture them so that he can convince Joe to come find him so that he can have his revenge on them. And also this episode kind of uh, shows like something that um, 
the video I watched um, my, that, that my side of the laundry room put out uh, with these uh, three crazy Cobra schemes, Cobra often seems to invest a lot more money into creating these schemes than he would ever probably get out of these schemes. Um, he's running at a loss. You know, he's, he's always building all these things, you know, like, like often he will destroy towns that he's built just to show off, you know, like the destructive power of his, um, his schemes, you know, and, and this episode, he literally just built an entire like base just to have fun with the Joes and equipped it with the, with the nuclear bomb. I mean, they don't say it's a nuke, but I mean that it is obviously a nuke based off you know the way that that explosion Most goes. Yeah, it's just absolutely Hoppenheim wild. Eat your heart out. Yeah, no. <laughs> they got a ride in the eighties. Um, I think a standout character in this is is airtight. Uh, he is yes. he is insanely cool. You know, Super like he cool. does flips and crazy shit. Um, Thank you. Yeah. he's got that hairline. Like he's you know he's like. You know, kids, don't worry. When you're my age, uh, hair, you know, receding hairlines don't matter at all. Don't worry yeah. about it. You can still and do flips. Receding hairline does not prevent you from doing like a double backflip somersault. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Batman shit right here. Airtight is fulfilling like the Snake Eyes role here with his acrobatic finesse. It's amazing. I was not expecting that at all. I mean, from a guy who basically, you know, just, uh, you know, cleans the air essentially. Um, so this, <laughs> I mean, this is uh, Airtight is uh, Chaplin Joe Pod's uh, favorite character, or at least one of his favorite characters. Um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, well, he's certainly and, interesting because he looks so unique. Like, well, his head sculpt in on the toy is very unique. He's got this like huge head, you know, and and yeah. that that receding hairline. It is a very unique look um, compared to a lot of other characters, you know, in, in GI Joe. Well, hang on, don't just, misspeak, Rob. Like, the toy doesn't give us an unmasked head. So no, this is the animators to... taking liberties with what Wait, looks Oh, like I'm an... thinking of Clean Sweep. Clean oh, Sweep yeah, is the one with... Also, he also has the receding hairline. And he has, like, curly hair and shit. Ah, okay, I'm thinking of Clean Sweep. So I'm going to say that in this in... picture, at least, um, it's not a receding yeah. hairline. It's actually an intentional mohawk. Because that is <laughs> an insane widow's peak, if, if that's what it's meant to be. Like uh, it looks, but, but the mohawk isn't going anywhere. It's like it's it's <laughs> against his head, which it's which is more suggestive of you know him losing his hair. Look, it varies wildly. There are images where airtight looks like you know a, a, a believable. Yeah, it's not that bad. And the, not, I'm not going to put that kind of adjective on it. It's not bad at all. <laughs> it's a choice, Rob. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, he um, yeah. It yeah. does vary wildly, and I'd say in the later images of it, it looks more like an intentional, like he's he's buzzed it off in that passion, pattern. He's given himself okay. a donut. He does donut want to look like spike. that. So, so, we've been focusing on airtight, but like, yeah, Falcon. So, for, so, so what happens is Flint. They, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they, they have three options, you know, so they randomly choose which way they're going to go. So, Airtight and Dusty end up in, in mm. one tunnel with, with the, with the balloons. <laughs> it is random. Well, no, random in terms of which door they choose, but Flint yeah. very specifically takes Lady J. And I love I, Alpine. Yeah. Alpine, apart from Flint being an MVP, like the GOAT, uh, Alpine has the comic relief in this episode par excellence. He's like totally. hanging a lantern like... Why, why does Flint so always funny. take Lady J along with him and I get stuck with you? <laughs> <Speaking> <laughs> of 
I think that's and he has the the GI Joe uh, credit card, and he has a great line at the end of the episode where he's like, "Yeah, Falco's Flint's pretty cool, but he talks too much." (laughs) Hey, what are you saying over here? What are you guys talking about? (laughs) (laughs) There's a there's a cool line with that uh, with the whole thing where he talks about. Uh, he goes, yeah, Lady J can come with me. And then he's like, only if you enjoy scrubbing uh, like toilets or something like that. Or something toilets like that. or mm-hmm. something. And he's like, yeah, yeah, Bazooka, I think you want to take her, don't you? Yeah. And then Lady like, J's was... like, he always wants to keep me single. Yeah, I'm pretty good at that, aren't I, Lady J? <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, what can uh, I say? It was the 80s. Yeah, perfect, women, women, okay. don't get a, women don't get a choice in who they date. We ain't no awesome. choices. No, no. The boys, but, the boys uh, discuss it amongst themselves. Who gets a turn with Lady J? Hilarious. Oh, so bad. But this, this is such a, a cool episode, though, because it does a lot of fun toy things. And that, you know, you inside, like, you're inside another Cobra Stronghold, and you're, like, going up against all kinds Two. of weirdness that you can imagine. Two, Two Cobra Strongholds. I can't uh, believe we, we close out with an assault on Cobra's temple in the desert. I mean, is it not assault. bad enough that so cool. Joe nuke South America? But... Yeah. <laughs> no, well, they oh, killed yeah. the Predator as well, I suppose, so it's all good. Um, but, uh, yeah, take that, Arnie. Uh, they just they, they want to do double tap that, make sure the Predator doesn't come back. But, uh, yeah, man, it's just it's a crazy episode. And also, something that, like surprises me in this episode you see snake eyes but it's like a blink or you miss it moment but you don't mm. see him any at the time it's just like joe's pouring out of the whale bald um gung-ho airtight dusty you know um alpine flint you know you got all those guys and all of a sudden they're all standing there and it's like snake eyes it's like oh well snake eyes is here the whole time clearly <laughs> um he's just randomly there and yeah, well, he, he brought up the rear with, with Zap, and then Gungho, I think, was waiting for the reinforcements. That's also where they get the Sky Strikers that help them leave, because I think he mm-hmm. re-arrives. I mean, Zap was there already, but, like, he arrives. So Gungho and Zap wait outside, and then a whole bunch of other Joes arrive on Sky Strikers. But, yeah, yeah I mean, like, as is always with the cartoon, Snake Eyes is, is not the main main character. The um, you know, he's um, basically just there in the background. And thank you so much for mentioning Zap. I can't believe I forgot Zap. Like Zap is in this episode. How cool is that? Yeah. Actually? Like we and never see their Zap. bomb guy. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, exactly. they, 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 they waste runtime and animation, like having him fail to 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 blow open the door. It's like, oh yeah, hey, I guess I'm gonna have to use some more elbow grease. If this doesn't work, I have to go back to being an accountant. Uh, insurance uh, selling insurance. insurance. Yeah. Yeah, this script is on point, guys. This is, as far as I'm concerned, this is the perfect episode of the animation. It's got (laughs) epic battles. Like, I'd forgotten because everyone thinks of the funhouse as the three options and, you know, the balloons (laughs) that Mm. uh, pop and and give you the the, the, the nerve toxin or what is it kind of psycho, psychotropic drug? The scarecrow poison. There you go. Like everyone thinks about those things and maybe the toy soldier, Cobra commander, mannequins and stuff like that. But you forget that this episode starts with Zartan infiltrating and doing his Mm. cool like invisible shit. That's amazing. Um, He does the invisible shit. Huge action. He he (laughs) turns invisible. He turns invisible. And the guy's like turned away having coffee. 
And while he's invisible, he decides to still knock the guy out. It's like, you didn't have to do that. You were invisible. You could just no, go past him. Solid, you, know, uh, you know it's better. You know it's better. Hilarious. Zartan's got a Cobra-branded aerosol for the knockout. Yeah, that was funny. Very good. And also, this whole sequence at the start is well animated. I mean, they do a really cool job of kind of like setting up this throwaway scientist. You know, he's looking through his um, his microscope. He's checking stuff out. He feels like a, a fully realized character, which I quite liked. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this must have been completed earlier on in the season because the mm. animation has a level of polish that mm. kind of deteriorates quite quickly like if we compare this to the episode that we saw last time which was cobra's creatures mm, i think at yeah. times the animations are a little bit sloppier this yeah. is crisp this is Awful. beautiful yeah. um the, the the kind of motion that you see with like the acrobatic stuff um flints and air tights uh all the combat like it's this is a masterclass. this episode in particular i think is a showpiece um, does it share animation with one of the miniseries? I seem to recall Cobra's Desert Base being used before. Yeah, I feel like that's uh, an establishing, a reused establishing shot as well. So it's a, um, a reused background, perhaps, and maybe yeah, and some also, other reused stuff. And also, Steve, uh, from an industry uh, perspective, you know, uh, I hate to call it, I hate to say it like that, but um, <laughs> I think you're very. I think I have to, well, I have to agree with you on what you said in terms of it being produced fairly early and only released later because it's in the closing credits. Um, of okay. the, oh. So they, yeah, Where it so says, they, we made this earlier than everything else. A lot of no, the time, just the classic credits, um, yeah. images like the balloons, like Bazooka firing a rocket. I mean, why that guy is even on the team? You know, that's <laughs> he, he trips, falls. Bazooka, we need fire. your help fires a missile over Flint's oh. head. Like that sequence, you yeah, you put your finger on it, Paul, it is used in the, the closing credits. Um, mm. so, and that and was it's then... gorgeously animated. Like mm. it's just so, so good. That's the thing you want. You, you want to have your, because the, the outro of the, of the episode, I'm sure you guys can relate to this. Anybody listening to this can relate to this. Um, I just know that like when you've only watched one or two of these episodes in your life, as we did when we were younger, uh, you saw those end credits and all this cool stuff happening. You're like, wow, it's like, it's like the back of the, of the action figure. You know, it's the, it's the, (laughs) it's the back of the action figure packaging, you know, uh, of the episode. And you're just like, I want to watch that episode. I want to see that. So you do try to get your best looking stuff there because that's exactly what you're doing. It's, it's a, it's a secondary cell. What's the word I'm looking for? It's a, it's your cross cell, you know? So. Sure. But yeah, guys, no, this yeah. is a slick, slick um, episode, very tight. And as I said up top, like this is showcase for Flint big time. He not only successfully navigates the mazes, he's the only one. Everyone gets eliminated along the way. Some of them looking more lethal than others. I mean, they go mm. to like Bazooka looks like he got headshot. Yeah, he got the, taken the out. Yeah. And they cut to commercial after Flint checks Lady J's pulse, and he says, I can't find a pulse. Mm. And then he just leaves her. <laughs> I can't find a pulse. I can't find a pulse. I can't find a pulse. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe take your gloves off, Flint. That, that could help you <laughs> finding a pulse, but yeah, the animators weren't going to go to that length. Look, yeah. Flint, 
finds his way into Cobra, like he he eludes the the mannequins, finds his way into this like almost like circus main tent that Cobra has built within this base. Climbs into arena the control of battle. Room. Yeah, totally like the arena of sport or battle or whatever you can call it. Um, yeah, he he does it all, dude, including like this crazy sequence where he's trying to disarm the bomb and he's just like pressing everything. He's going wild, man. He presses <laughs> everything, and then and then Lady J asks him, "Isn't there a, a special button?" And he's like, "Yes, there is." And it's like it's literally the only button he had in post. It's like I tried all of them except that one. Okay, I've reset switch. it. We got an extra three minutes. Jeez. <laughs> oh, and then they managed to evacuate. Oh, guys, continuity-wise, the Joes get all their weapons um, confiscated by a magnet, giant magnet. Yeah, and then they get it back. <laughs> Lady, no, Lady J uses a. She revives miraculously, um, yeah. and yeah. recovers the other Joes and gathers them up on that kind of roller coaster. She's got one of the um, Cobra mannequin or robot Cobra commander pistols, but she also mm. manages to have her her javelins, which that, were that taken away by the magnets. Mm. I guess she found them somewhere. That happened between the scenes. So she, she could have just used, but but the thing is, they they established her with the pistol. You know, she could have just kept using the pistol. She could have used that to shoot. But oh, I suppose yeah. she needed an explosive. You know, something explosive mm. to blow a hole in the wall. So she needed to I use a signature accessory that she didn't come with. <laughs> but I choose to ignore that. I think it's it's cool. We get two assaults, um, and 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 then also like they they they're like, oh, how did you find? How did you find us? Oh, uh, Wild Bill was watching for any aircraft, um, and he he was able to track you to the second base. But then it's like, can't you just keep tracking him? Like, can't Wild Bill watch for more aircraft that are leaving while we're saving the scientists? And then this 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 process just repeats, you know, for forever until you finally capture him. Uh, Cobra's biggest enemy is themselves. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, and also GI Joe, you know, patting themselves on the back, you know. They're like, yep, we saved the scientists. Day is saved. It doesn't matter that Cobra Commander got away. It's just fine. Screw the ozone layer. Screw the ecology of... But it's cool. We also get to see a three-seater firebat. That's that's mm. kind of neat. In blue. Is in blue, the and first it takes time off... we've seen the firebat in the TV series? Possibly. No, because we saw one in Lights, Camera, Cobra, didn't we? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, yeah. yeah, and that was a two-seater? And it was no, also, it was also like a teal kind of color. I think it was a two seater, Rob. I think you're right. Yeah, I think there was one where, where it was like there were more seats in the cartoon than in the actual toy. Hmm. Or okay, no, the, yeah, there's something else. But I like how it takes off. It takes off like a like it's like hovercrafts, like and then like a tie fighter. Yeah, this is this is a fantastic episode. I I think I. I have no choice. I have to give it a five. I think it's just fun from start to finish. <laughs> he has he has a, a scheme, but the thing is, like, he's doing it to get revenge on the Joes. And it's it's. I think it's it's just a fun episode from start to finish. The animation is fantastic. Um, and yeah, Flint Flint is a badass. And the I'm jokes Flint Steven guy, said are absolutely good. But this now you are making me one. Like hell yeah, dude! It very much is a do over of that sequence in. Uh, weather dominator because yeah mm. flint is at the controls of a sky striker and he's assaulting a desert base huh 
I hadn't made that connection till now, but I'm sure now that we're doing a deep dive in the cartoon series, we're going to start seeing a lot more of these. I'm going to give this a, a four and a half, which gives me room to have an episode oh. be more enjoyable than this. But I'm going to stand by my, my, my guns and say this is a perfect, this is a textbook G.I. Joe cartoon episode and throws into sharp relief the differences between Sunbow and Renegades. Renegades telling a more personal, intrigue kind of story where the logic mm. checks out better. Whereas this is just balls to the wall action and fun and lots of characters and quips and memorable moments and ballsy action and toys everywhere. Just All filling the up the frame. All Tons the toys. of toys. And Both that's what I troops. want. That's what I want in G.I. Joe more than anything in the world. Just give me toys. Show me the vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> Vehicles. What's up, Kiwi G.I. Joe? And also, how's it? Uh, how's, oh, it? How's, how's it? Going? How's it, mate? How's it nice. Like it. Paul, uh, what do you think? Is this the best oh, episode of the cartoon ever? I, I want to say it is definitely one of the... Um, yeah, Mark. Top three. Top three. Well, I wouldn't say top three, maybe top five, but we'll get to that. Um, I'm also going to give it a uh, 4.5. Um, Whoa. I also want a bit of headroom, you know, for other episodes to, to beat it. But yeah, that's a great episode. It's fun. It's, it's a fun episode to watch. It's and, good stuff. Uh, it's good stuff. Cobra, Cobra Bubbles are also just so iconic. So say we all. All right, boys, let's now switch the focus for the last portion of this episode into a uh, shit, baby. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. New toys, new toys, new toys. He's got new things. You've got new things. New things. All right. Who, uh, who can speak to that? Have, have you got anything new in Paul? I do, but uh, say, Rob, have you got anything new before I steal your thunder? Because you're going to have some new stuff next week. So I have not got a new stuff yet. Uh, my new stuff, as Paul has just, has just revealed to me, is arriving next week. So next episode, yeah. I will have new stuff. I'll yes. have many new things to but, talk about. Sorry, man. I, was just, I got a bit into the painting. There is anyway. never any rush, my dude. Once they belong to me, they belong to me forever. I am not wearing this hoodie or this uh, sweater uh, by accident. I am not because, wearing this hoodie. Uh, because I got myself <laughs> turtles, which I'm not showing. There we go. I got myself a set of the new Ninja Turtles uh, about, I'd say about two weeks ago, actually. Uh, Mutant they, Mayhem. They surprisingly popped up in toy stores here in South Africa about a week after Steve sending me some images of them in Oz. Uh, I'm very excited about this movie. I am very excited about the designs for these turtles, personally. I love the art, and um, I like the toys. I think the toys are great. And so I just got the awesome foursome. And when I popped into the store, I mean, look at Mikey. He looks so great. Uh, mm. He's such a goofball. And when I popped into the store uh, on Friday, because I was gra grabbing some last-minute thingies from, uh, for this uh, wedding, for my wedding outfit, so to speak, uh, my, you know, I popped into the Toys R Us, and they have the van, and they got the two bikes as well. So... The van's a bit heavy price wise. It's about one nine thousand nine hundred grand. Um, it'll come down. It'll come down. It's got a pizza thrower, which is very appealing. I really dig it. I don't know where I'm supposed to keep all of these turtle vans because I just keep amassing the damn things. But anyway, that's uh, that's it. But yeah, these toys are great. I mean, look at look at old Leo here on screen. Um, I think the swords they've done them really well. The posability is awesome. 
you know, the knees bend despite not looking like they do. They do bend. The ankles have got a, a left They're right well stubble. hidden under those bands. Exactly. It's the knee pads. Yeah, that's what I was going to actually ask because I was trying to look for like images. I think I looked on Big Bad Toy Store and like I could not see the articulation in the knees. Yeah, so I was like worried that you couldn't do anything at the knees. Yeah, so that was also my concern, um, which is, you know, well, which was thankfully, you know, my, my fears were uh, assuaded when I, I opened up the figure packaging and saw that well, assuaded, dissuaded, uh, assuaded. Um, when I opened Hello. up the figure packaging. And also, old Donnie here has got headphones that you can put around his neck. It, takes, it requires some effort. I actually popped his head off to do it properly. Um, Boom. And he's got like a little felt, a cell phone. I really hate that that phone is not removable. It's got a, uh, he's got a fanny pack with a phone in it. Uh, <laughs> it would have been so cool if you could have like put that in. But the gear is really great. I mean, coming back to like this image of Mikey, you can't see it unfortunately because it's on his back. But he's got, um, he's got mic chuckers, so it's non-chucker with microphones. Because according <laughs> to his file card, yes, he has a file card. Yes, the packaging was single language. Um, and on his file card, it talks about how he's a uh, he wants he's an aspiring comedian. He wants to be a comedian, so that's an interesting angle. Raph's a badass as always. He comes with his side. He also comes with hook swords, which I love. I love that they um, give him hook swords or mantis hooks as weapons. And then they all come with a little weapon rack, and the weapon rack has got a bunch of. Uh, sorry, I don't have a picture of it here, but the weapon rack is full of gear. I mean, they come with a pizza slice. They come with a can of canister of mutagen. And then they've got their secondary weapon. So in the case of like Raph, he's got his hook swords. And Mikey's got a trisectional. Um, or it's either Mikey or Donnie that came with trisectional staff. But either way, they've got it. Um, Donnie's got like a Naginata. So it's basically a staff with the blade on the end. Uh, you know, and they all come with like various throwing weapons. So like Shuriken, Kunai, et al. So yeah, really great. Really great uh, value for your money, actually. Um, these are not... Really, these are not expensive figures. I think they come in at fourteen or fifteen dollars, and you get a lot of accessories, and you get pretty decent paint, and they're pretty articulated. Anyway, I'm very happy with my Ninja Turtles purchase. There was one more thing I wanted to show off. Um, this is uh, I've got these in as well. I don't know why these didn't upload earlier when I was prepping them, but here we go. Um, so uh, let's see what the first image ends up being after it's finished uploading. Da, 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 da. This is about a month's worth of purchasing or two months worth of purchasing. This is just me showing off my car that I like. I like this photograph. Um, <laughs> yeah, so like I dig, um, I dig these little cars. As you guys know, I'm quite enjoying diecast die at the moment. Um, and so I got these great little garages quite recently to, to actually be able to show off my diecast cars because they're great, but I hate it when they get dusty and stuff like that because I'm not playing with these the same way I play with action figures. So it's nice to have this cool little container uh, garage, etc., to keep them all in, and they look sweet. And then I'm saving one of the more interesting uh, rivals, and this I'm going to do a review on. So I don't want to talk about it too much here on the episode. Actually, it's giving us some. Oh, got this. Uh, finally, I shipped my Mezco Destro, and it has a lot going on for it. Uh, I, I'll start this off with a little bit of controversy. I think it's a very well-made toy, but I don't think it's a very fun toy. Um, it feels like it requires a little bit of a uh, little bit too much, uh, a little too much, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? TLC, too much care, too much stuff to go with it. But I will cover that in a review that I'm busy with at the moment. So, yeah, 
We're at, we're at a crossroads, aren't we? We really are at a crossroads in terms of what mm. we want. Oh, like, what do we want most from toys? Do we want the extreme mm. collector route where it's like, it looks amazing, but pose it once and then leave it in the glass case? Stir over there. Or do you want toy toys, which are less fiddly, more durable, and more importantly, more inexpensive because i'm finding myself more and more in that latter category i mm. want my kicks but i want them not to cost so much that i feel precious about them and to that end i'm very excited about the x-men 97 toys oh yeah that have been announced they are titan series which means they are um hasbro's marvel sort of new four inch figures um, so, you know, they'll scale well with Joe. They'll scale well with Marvel Universe. They come in windowless packaging, which is a bit of a turn-off for me. I'm not quite used to that yet, to be able to touch the figure. Ooh, who's touched my figure? Um, but <laughs> very cleverly... Sorry, did I say Titan series? These are the Epic series. Small. I say Titan seems like a misnomer. Titan refers to the, the big guys that are very basically articulated. That but makes clever, more sense. Very cleverly, they're using the Titan series, these 12-inch or greater figures, to make a classic Sentinel, which will then scale with the little guys. That That's makes them so happy. It's only a 5 POA, sort of ball-jointed neck and then ball-hinged elbows and, and uh, not elbows, um, shoulders and thighs. Not thighs, legs. You know, the leg joints, the top of the thigh into the waist yeah that thing <clears throat> that thing so basic but very accurate to the cartoon in that sense like the musculature is very like the haslab sentinel and the builder figure sentinel from marvel legends too detailed too detailed to be animation or cartoon accurate this clunky mm. titan series sentinel i'm i can't wait for that thing to arrive man i'm gonna buy all those toys because hell yeah dude Oh, that, hit, I'm excited. that hits I'm me in the feels. Well, the, yeah. the, the animated show, the continuation of the animated show, now dubbed X-Men 97, will be hitting Disney Plus sometime between Yay. now and the end of the year. So mm. get excited, man. There's good stuff on the way. But in terms of toys that I actually got in, let's make me big. Whoa. Go away. Go away, Leo. Um, Go away, Leo. No one likes you. I got a backstop. For my persuader, ah, <laughs> cool, man. he was he was going fairly inexpensively, complete with his helmet, not with his gun. But I'm sure you can all agree, like vehicle drivers that came with sidearms, it's a lovely inclusion. I'm never going to turn down an extra accessory. But unlike a wearable accessory like a helmet, that pistol would just go into the cavity of the persuader and stay there. Like I'm not mm -hmm. in in the market for like having these guys as my main guys that are then sort of jumping out and using their sidearms. As I say, nice inclusion, but I don't miss it because it'll just, just like long ranges pistol or windmills pistol or general storm, major storms pistol. All these guys, these driver figures, um, updraft, all these guys that include a, a, an accessory, a gun, the vehicle is their gun. Mm. I'm, I'm not, I'm not about to pull them out and shoot with the revolver so yeah he's cool and well he's basic he's gonna go into the persuader and just be forgotten about but at least he's got this very angular almost like a futuristic sports 
helmet. Um, the helmet that from um, what's that movie now with the? Sorry, man, I can't believe it. Like it came out of my mind now. I had it on my tongue. Ah, the one where the kid plays the arcade game and then he goes to actually fight. Oh, the Lost Starfighter. Lost Starfighter. Yeah. Right? The Lost Starfighter. Mm. Um, yeah, well, either way, it's futuristic and it marries well with what is a very futuristic vehicle, um, not entirely germane to G.I. Joe. And because he's got this heavily armored top portion and head, you know, it makes it a little bit more palatable that he's got an exposed head because it almost feels like he's part of the vehicle. Like there's a there's a Transformers headmaster quality to it. <laughs> like the fleshy bits are married to the robot bits, but at least have a bit of like the robot bit for protection. So yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Um, in keeping with my love for clunky kids toys that are fun to play with and durable, I got this excellent Lex Luthor All right. four inch figure for um, the, the spin master uh, DC heroes line. This is an older release from like 2020. I'm going to say, but he's in his war suit, which is basically like a green Iron Man armor with an exposed face. Mm. But I started doing my research on this thing, and it is like god level power. Mm. Like the fact that the the face is exposed is is actually very misleading because that's the most heavily shielded part. It's got an energy shield like mm. within it and without. I mean, this thing can do anything in the true DC sense of the word. Like there's like. <laughs> super hypnotism and ventriloquism and various like subtle powers built into it along with the more like overt powers like flight and super strength so like yeah lex is able to go toe-to-toe with superman wearing this thing which i found very interesting um but yeah it's it's a a very very cool cool figure figure. lovely metallic green the purple's good and for a change the included accessories aren't absolute ass it comes with a, a shoulder cannon, which plugs into his back. Oh, thank God. That's an actual shoulder cannon. I thought that was just like an oversized pistol. No, that's great. That is that's so very great. cool. A, yeah. um, what I assume to be like like kryptonite-powered uh, axe, hand axe. Oh, okay. heck yeah. For that's taking nice. Superman's head off, I assume. Very yeah. good. You want to do that. And then the weakest of the lot, the way they do gauntlets, is to have a little peg inside uh, and you you make him hold it and well they did that with has... the toy biz figures back in the day you know carnage had those little attachments and stuff. i'm i'm cool with that man i'm cool with that because it reminds me of a fighting game it's like when he does power like and then you just see that element for like a second carnage at least it just clips over the arm in a logical way this he's holding it inside which makes it like you know it's like a big fist for like cheering at sports matches yeah. <laughs> Go <laughs> the Luthor Kryptons. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I suppose it's got a giant kryptonite shard. I'm sure this is an element that was used in the comics somewhere for stabby stabby action. But like it's just so oversized, man. Yeah, was a That's um, a was... very fun toy. Last but not least, boys. Oh wow. Um, yeah, I know. It's been a big big cool thing. now. Um so JB Hi-Fi, I've mentioned them a couple of times uh, on the show. They're uh, they're like a, a they sell flat screen TVs and DVDs, right? But they also have mm-hmm. a functional toy section, and they are currently having like a fire sale on all things McFarlane. 
like hugely oh. slash prices. So I picked wow. up the crab mech. Oh, one of the coolest robots. Oh. Whoa. From Avatar 2. That to is rad. And you got shipwreck in there. Sorry. I do have shipwreck in there. This thing is very good. Um, got it for 20 Aussie dollars. The original oh retail price, I think, was 80. They, have more? they got they got a few. Um it's it's look, let's 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 name the elephant in the room. This should be a cobra vehicle. But yeah. I figure shipwreck needs a sub. Um like Cobra Commander as part of Hood, uh, part of Cobra Convergence 7 did a bug review at long last. And mm. um, I think he showed excerpts from Dan Klingensmith's book, um, which showed that the bug was going to be a, a, a you know, it was going to have legs. That's cool. And then was changed last minute to have wheels. I guess maybe the engineering couldn't support it at the time. This thing is very sturdy. Its legs are clicky clacky and like, Dude, very cool, very one. cool. Um, I love that. The ratchets are firm. It can support its own weight when it's standing on its legs, but then it also kind of collapses in and becomes. My favorite sad. vehicle in that movie, man! It's so cool. It's got a bit Shit of redundancy. Cool. It's got the the actual kind of hatch which opens, but then yeah. you know because that's hell of a fiddly in order to actually position your figure, Take the, the front bubble. end. Yeah, the whole thing will. But that's clever because you got like you got something that's playetic and you know like well toyetic, and you got something that's at least you know scale accurate, so you can photoshop uh, ph photograph it well. My father the figure really is meant to to be prone like this. The figure is meant to kind of lie forward, which is yeah. smart because you know in a submersible you want maximum visibility. You're going to lead with the head, so. The designers of the shark weren't entirely incorrect. However, just the way the figure is placed in the shark, lying, you know, face down, is a bit of a stretch. But this is this is awesome, man. And as one of the YouTube reviewers said, like a robotic submarine is about the most James Cameron thing you can ever imagine. So <laughs> there you go. I love it. It's so Gundam as well. I think it is. When I saw uh, that on the movie, to... in the movie, I was like, ah, I've got to have this toy, man. That's this what I feel. Cool. And now that I see it's a toy. Sorry, Steve, I'm cutting it off. Such a cool, like, variety of toys. Wow. It's What's up, Hans uh, Handsome Head Injury and Eric Teixeira? Yes, yeah, sorry, Eric, I missed your chat. But yes, it is definitely Avatar 2, The Way of Water. These toys started appearing, I think, in October of last year. That's when I first saw it at Toys R Us. And yeah. uh, now they're currently, like, slashed prices if you can find them. At least they are in Australia. But, uh, yeah, hopefully you can, you can find one if you want one. I must have one. Have you seen that Batmobile in Oz at all? That, um, the McFarlane? Yeah. Mm. Is, it, is it, like, not as cool in, in, in front of you? Because I know you got that other cool one, that fun one. But yeah, I always skew towards 118, and to that end, Spin Master had me covered. I don't need to buy the McFarlane one. The Spin Master one is a budget toy, for sure. It's cheap, and it feels cheap, but it does have the correct proportions, whereas the McFarlane one for the 7-inch figures is... It's weird. They did a weird thing. They made it slightly too tall, and the canopy is a, a glossier plastic compared to the rest so it stands out and also kind of i don't know if it 
slides correctly. Uh, but yeah, the Spin Master one does, which is why advantage it's... cheap toy. Yeah, <laughs> that's very cool. Advantage Australia for giving you all the options. The fact that it comes with a Keaton Batman is the selling <laughs> point. Apparently, no one saw that movie. It is bombed so hard, but I don't care. <laughs> My childhood dream of having Keaton Batman in a 118 scale has been realized. So, thank you, The Flash, for existing. There you go. Okay. There you go. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is that. What a shot. And that's what Sorcerer wrote. Shot Next up on the slab, if you want to read ahead, uh, we did have a question from um, from Dabuya J about which episodes we're going to do in the cartoon next. And you're probably right. It will be the Games Master. But two weeks from now, we're actually going to revert back Games to Master. comic book. We're going to do a Love comic book that. episode next time. And I'm going to decide for you guys right now that we're going to do issue number eight of the comic book. Which oh, is cool. the herb, the herb trimpy all out battle at Cape Canaveral, like, mm. like absolute balls out the bathtub action all the way through. <laughs> balls out the bathtub, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and um, in terms of the IDW series, we're gonna keep our regressive read going with issue number two hundred and eighty six. This is Whoa. the flashback issue to Vietnam. Whoa stalkers untold tales i hope that all checks out if i got the issue number wrong please know that we are going to be doing stalkers untold tales um if you're familiar with the idw run so if you want to do your homework there you go catch you in two, you want to be able to tell us how wrong we are and have a read along with us yeah I'd just like to shout out the patrons at this point. Thank you for yeah. giving up your perk to us. We're now making these public for everyone to join in the fun. Um, but you guys are hopefully being taken care of well in other regards. If you want to yeah. join the Patreon gang, the, the Berg Force, head over to patreon.com slash G.I. Joburg. We love and that. And that gets you access to our Discord and early access to like videos, like reviews and stuff. And and the little perks that I'm trying to figure out as well. So some Paul, stuff. But you drew attention to your T-shirt. It keeps us fed. Whoa, yeah. Steve's got a G.I. Joburg shirt on. Uh, this and other rad designs are available. I've got for... a one of a kind. Whoa. This is the most comfortable Cujo shirt you'll ever own. And that is our... Cujo, but it's, it's my art on a... <laughs> I know it's your <laughs> art, but still, it's, it's, the Cujo, it's the Cujo printed version. Yeah. In the in the the silk, it's the silkiest. Oh, it's brilliant! And we got the retro eight bit. Yeah, so patrons, you guys get discounts <laughs> on to, to the stuff. Actually, get discounts. We don't even store. get discounts on this stuff, but you no. do. And apparently, Teespring have sales all the time. It they won't do. affect the kickback that we get. It just takes a cut out of their oh, shirts. So, I make fifty. Wait. I make fifty cents on some of those shirts. It's great. <laughs> Hell yeah! Well, either way, look, there are affordable ways to get these shirts into your hands. Wait for a sale. Uh, mm. That's the smart way. But um, what else do can it. we say? The GI Joeberg YouTube membership program is also open. If you want to chuck in a buck there, you get access to my weekly vlogs. Currently, mm -hmm. we're having a all-out battle on a monorail to stop Cobra from stealing a... Oh, I forget what I called it. It's a bomb. It's a bomb! It's a shiny bomb. This is Oh, my goodness. Bomb. 
the MacGuffin. The MacGuffin. Wow. Does, does it even wow. matter? It's just no. Week to week with my toys. Um, oh, I also yeah. have uploaded <laughs> a uh, commentary track on a little bit of Playmotion and what oh, else? Oh, wow. Yeah, some additional bits and bobs there. Get it updates. Yeah, as I say, weekly. Fun, fun, weekly. fun for everyone. And, and yeah, uh, go go check out Cobra Conversions 7. Anything else you've missed, hc788.com. A full listing of everyone who's completely involved in that. Hmm, a great suggestion from Handsome Head Injury. He'd like to see mm. my pterodrome more detailed. Whoa, more. okay. I was wondering about doing like a screen share mm. to my mobile and doing a kind of an in-situ like tour. Whoa. Like kind of moving through. I wonder if the, the internet connection will be strong enough to support that. It will um, be kind of sketchy. Can... Well, the cool thing is because the Patreons allow us to use a really awesome StreamYard, um, okay, subscription, yeah. Thanks, we patients. can actually have two cameras running. So you can do that. Oh, yeah, right. dude. So I have three Question cameras. Question to close running. us out once again from Handsome Head Injury. What do you guys think of the old comics with G.I. Joe and Transformers together? Cool or lame? Full disclosure, I never read them. The Herb the Trippy, Marvel the Marvel ones, the first ones mm. with Bumblebee being shot actually. to pieces. Unfortunately, we are, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. So, we're on our way there. Stay tuned. Six months from now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and says we should get assault on Cobra Mountain if we can. It has a notch in one it. of the corners that pull out a that a pullout laser wall fits in. What? Ooh, that sounds cool. That toy is like also the undiscovered country for me. Like it's it, it's pretty ginchy in terms of what it is it's it's like well it's smaller than the kind of um attack of the clones playset. you remember the, the star wars like arena yeah um, they had a playset to represent that and i always thought it's too small um but it, it would then hold some surprises i'm sure like i just have no familiarity with it i have no sense memory i've never played with it never touched it so that's important i, I think I still kick myself for not getting myself one when I saw it for like $120. And I'm talking about like in 2011 money. Because it's, <laughs> okay. uh, it's a Venom uh, playset, if I'm not mistaken. Cobra Mountain thing. Yeah, very much of that era. And um, yeah, you either you either kind of have a blind spot or you really dive sure. in. And more and more I'm thinking, I, I need to take the plunge. Like I keep looking at a bomb strike figure. She's a female Joe from around that period. Uh, mm. unique sculpt unique character which is a rarity i mean you've got a, f a few notable new characters around that time in the boys but like amongst the girls it's pitifully few and bomb strike has been featured in the larry Homer comic book so she's she's a new sculpt era character that is canonized shall we say so yeah she's, she's the she's the precipice that i'm currently teetering on Guys, thank you for joining us, everyone who came out live and everyone watching or listening to this on the replay. Uh, as I say, the podcast will continue, even though the term podcast, I mean, it's such an anachronism. No one has an iPod anymore, <laughs> but here we are. Um, but yes, we are now moving with the times. G.I. Joburg is now a live stream event. So if you missed this one, 
be sure to check us out next time. Uh, we typically do Sundays at 4 p.m. Eastern time, which is 10 p.m. South African time, and 6 a.m. Australian East Coast. Shit. Sorry, man. But I love it. I need. You're a soldier. Soldier. I'd do this every day if I could. If I could. If I could corral you boys. Um, because yeah, I'm just a giant uh, volcano of G.I. Joe waiting to erupt. And also, uh, just, you just in case, night. Wait, in case there's any kind of confusion, there is still actually an audio podcast that you will be able to catch on your you know, usual podcasts. Just you won't have the visual flair of the live stream. Well, obviously not. It's, it's audio. But, yeah. you know. And you're listening to it right now if you're a podcast follower. Exactly. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Uh, we get to enjoy listening to us. And I believe Stitcher is no longer a thing anymore. So you can catch us on Spotify and on Streaming. Podbean, Steam, Google Podcasts, Podbean. Apple Podcasts. We're everywhere else. Bye bye, Stitcher. Thank you, Eric Teixeira. Bye. We try to be great. We try. <laughs> right. Appreciate it. Thank you. There's no trying going on here, baby. It's just greatness all the time. Uh, <laughs> and you know who's come back for his revenge? Leonardo. Ah, Leonardo Donatello get is that the thing out in South Africa at the moment because nobody's got stock of Donatello. They're all sold out. So. Bizarre. At my shops, Mikey is the one that's disappeared from view. No. Anyways, I um, want Donatello. Really? I thought you were a Mikey guy too. Anyways. I like Mikey, but I like Donatello too. I like them all except Leo. Right. We're running on fumes. We're talking about turtles now. Forget that noise. This is a GI Joe podcast. Turtleberg next time. Cheers. See you in two weeks. Berg. <laughs>